Oh, man. Jerk, we got uh, the first winning second period of the season. We got the first empty net goal of the season for the Sharks. We get the first third period score of the season. Is it? T- is that? Is that it? Should we just uh, turn everything off, close that out, we're done? Oh, are, are we live? I thought we were taking the week off. <laughs> I thought the Sharks were too. <laughs> oh, That's what I'm saying. Okay, you know, let's go. Artist- Hey everybody, welcome into a Pucknologist takeover of After Dark here on Teal Town USA. Boy oh boy, uh, going into this week, I gotta tell you Jerkman, um, if you had said, okay, the Sharks, they're gonna win two games this week, and they're gonna face four teams, two of those teams only have one loss, the other two teams, they're 500. Which two teams do you think the Sharks are going to beat? And lo and behold, they beat the ones that you did not see coming. Just as, you know, just as we knew all along. I I don't get this. I don't understand how this works. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, show 168. Welcome back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial-free Sharks podcast that is the Pucknologist. This time around, we have a four-game roadie in the tri-state area to cover. And more, of course, we got those reverse retro jerseys to get into in a big way. But remember, if you're new to the podcast, remember to subscribe and follow us on social media. If you'd like to help support the content we deliver and keep us commercial free, you can always donate using the Super Chat option during the live shows. Or better yet, use Venmo. Find us at Tealtown USA. And as always, remember, if you are not able to join us live here on the YouTube and share your thoughts in our chat, make sure to add your take in the comments section below of this video. And hey, maybe give it a thumbs up while you're there. And as always, we're not here to change your mind. We're only here to give our takes. Sound good? Uh, sometimes we can do both. Hey, now. So, what up, everybody? Um, so, um... What you got there, thoughts? <laughs> I do have thoughts. So, I feel, I was, you know, and I was thinking about this this morning, so... Uh, every, I feel like every week, you know, we start the show and, and the first, however long, 60, 90, 120 seconds is, you know, the usual pleasantries. How are you doing? How was your weekend? Um, did you watch the game? You know, and (laughs) kind of why we're here, but yeah. Yeah. And, but so I figured, you know, in an effort to a, keep the fans on their toes, B, keep you on your toes and C, have some fun, you know, a little, uh, little enjoyment here. I remember fun. What's that? Never heard of it. Um, I figured it would. I think when we start the podcast, I'm just gonna start saying things, ask you a question, come up with a question that I ask you, or an idea, or a thought. So this week, oh uh, boy, <laughs> this week uh, it is the. We're, I'm gonna call it the Chachka Corner. Oh, okay. Corner. I was afraid you're gonna invoke the uh, the 65. I will not mention. No, no, no. We're gonna get into that though, and and uh, you know oh, I have shit. a. I have a I have a sandwich that I need you to eat. Um, oh, oh, really? <laughs> We're gonna go there. Yep, we're going there. right there. Um, but no. <sighs> so my question for you: So I procured a 1997 
NHL All-Star game, like Matchbox Zamboni thing. Oh, cool. Are And so my question for you to kind of kick things off here, are you team take the Matchbox out of the box because it looks cool? Or are you team leave the Matchbox in the box because it's old and vintage and the box itself is cool as well? I want to know what team you're on. Um, I... Me personally, uh, I'd probably keep it in the box. Sure. But if you happen to have like, you know, four or five other ones that don't have boxes, then then yeah, you'd probably rip it open so you can, you know, display them all collectively on your shelf. It would look a little weird if one was still trapped in the packaging. That's fair. I hear I hear that. Are we done? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So coming into the week, I mean, the Sharks, they can't win at home. They can't win on the road, and they can't find anywhere else to play. I don't know. Uh, You know, the the Sharks, they're, I don't know, maybe just a bad team. Didn't matter what continent they played on, although that's also falling definitely true for the Nashville Predators. So it is a takeover of After Dark, so let's get into the Flyers game first. It's a 3-1 victory. James Reimer with his first shutout of the season. A little different tonight. We saw Bonino get scratched. I don't know if that has anything to do with the collision he had with LeBanc yesterday, but mm-hmm. seeing it, or or maybe it was just he felt bad for Gregor after being scratched for four straight and said, "Hey, get maybe get Gregor in there." I don't know. You know what? I I know there was a there was a lot of uh, I don't know if confusion is the right word, but there was a lot of questioning the decision uh, to to scratch Bonino and. I'm just wondering. Did I mess why? up? Somebody, somebody's telling me I messed up on the on the graphic. I, I have so much information to put in here in such a short amount of time. So, forgive me, boys and girls. You got it. I'm on it. Keep going, jerk man. Uh, you know, people. You know, there was a lot of conversation about how scratching Benino was a bit confusing. Like, hmm, why did we do that? And uh, unless I'm missing something, I don't know where the confusion comes from like i understand the sharks uh you know are not a good team this year they're actually one of the worst which has been proven many times this year um but at the same time you still want to as you mentioned in the first episode of the season put a put a lineup out there that's going to compete that's going to be enjoyable to watch and benino's not been that i'm sorry to say you know we like nick benino on this show but as we've established this league this sport this game is very much a "what have you done for me lately" uh, sort of operation. Well, and wasn't it established last season when Benino found most of his success on Couture's wing rather than centering the third line? Yeah, he had. I I believe last year he had. Um, I want to say he had 16 goals last year, and half of them were like in april <laughs> like it was it was a, a really sort of clustered kind of time where he was getting most of his goals um yeah half of his 16 goals were in april if you can believe it so maybe that's a sign that he should be playing on couture's wing but at the same time it, when when the center of that line is couture is not doing what they're supposed to do. Kind of hard to see the wingers do what they're supposed to do. True that. And we're going to get into that. So <laughs> no no, no job will go uncarved. That's what <sighs> I'm saying. 
Well, is is this Harrington experiment about over? Is Nudavara coming back anytime soon? I hope so. Dear Lord. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> look, both teams played the day before, but as I said, Gregor returns after being scratched for four straight. Uh, but the second period, the Sharks finally won one. And it started off well because, if you remember, Farabee scored on the power play, but it got called back for being offside. Mm-hmm. Then uh, you get EK65 drawing a call and then later scoring that rare second period goal. This is a kind of a thing it feels like for EK65 over the course of this week is just willing the team to score when they need to, whether it was <laughs> versus the Rangers or you know today going, God damn it, I'm so sick of being on the wrong end of the second period. I'm going to do this myself. You know, it's a very much, uh, you've seen the movie Major League, right? Mm-hmm. Very much a fuck you, Joe Boo, I do it myself. <laughs> so, you know, EK draws a call, later scores a goal coming from Hurdle, then Lorenz adding in a tip from a Magnus shot, and the Sharks, for the first time this season, take a lead into the room after two periods. Now, the Sharks uh, outshot the Flyers 12-5 to in the second, and started to even out things in the faceoff circle, but in the third, Philly's like, oh shit, we need to come back, which they have done twice this season. Philly did get a lot more rubber on Reimer in the third, but Sturm would get an empty netter to kind of uh, put the nail in the coffin, so to speak, and that's about it. You know what, Nico Sturm, uh, two goals this week. As you know, as I said to you uh, on uh, right before we went live, you know my my villain arc continues uh, with the with the Nico Sturm, uh, shall we say, carrying the team, dude. <laughs> Best off-season <laughs> signing so far by a long shot. Yeah, I'm uh, with you on that. We got a super chat. Yeah, Bo's the source. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work. If you guys were to dress up for Halloween, what would it be? Um, so I'm, my answer is my answer is lame. Do you want me to go first or last? Uh, I mean, I, I'll just tell you right now. It's if I didn't want to be there I, until today, I would have just showed up as the Sharks' offense in the second period. Hey, there you go. That way, same thing as the Invisible Man? I don't know. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, We'll see. As I said, my answer is lame. I'm a lame person. I'm not a costume individual, we'll say. I'm not a Halloween party person. Um, But, you know, if I I have to pick a costume, uh, I'm going with the tried and true uh, law-abiding citizen. That's my costume. Nice. You're probably wondering what that looks like. I, I feel like it's probably already in your closet. Uh, I may or may not already be wearing it. Well, see? <laughs> wow. Comes early, doesn't it? Uh, I, You know, it's Halloween every day. so Maybe I'd just, uh, I don't know, go as Ian. Just full-on angry robot. Uh, the, yeah, American the American you, version. The American version. You would have to, I mean, you would have to significantly kill the lighting in your office. Uh, and grow out the, the dew. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I think we can arrange that. Oh, you know, just to shock everybody, I will show up for Halloween as an EK65 fan. Well, you know. I mean, that would, you don't, be, that you don't would scare it, a lot of people it, who know me. I, I was going to say, you know, this is a family show. We don't want to be scaring anybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe for Halloween, we'll just run you over with a lawnmower. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. 
just <laughs> sit in a uh, in what like a, a red wagon pulling along a, a lawnmower. Uh, I feel like this has gone off the rails yet again. Uh, yeah, that's fine. The I one, support it. One thing about see now the the sharks, of course, oh for one on the power play. That's something that of course needs to be addressed because as it stands right now, uh, the 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 power play is just like. They don't. Ha- it's like we don't even have one. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to remember, it's. I believe now they are two. F- I want to say two for twenty-five. Um, okay. and then the uh, the on the PK though. Well, wait a minute. They're still perfect, right? Because the the no one, they thought, on the P no on the PK they are like twenty-three for twenty-four. Yeah, it's it, it's something like that because I know there was a, a power play goal allowed against the Devils. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, the power. I'm trying to. I just remember that that you know the the goal that got called back tonight for Philly was going to be a power play goal had it not been called back. Yeah, the shark. So the Sharks right now on the penalty kill, they're 24 for 25. There you go. So almost 96 percent. <sighs> That's... Which is way, way, way above the league average, <laughs> <laughs> and especially Colorado. We'll get into that in a little bit. Oof. Um, so, I mean, I kind of feel like that. Uh, well, the best part when I talk about the power play is today. Remenda on the call. How great is it to have Remenda on the call for three straight games? Love it. Loves me some Drew. Uh, well, even better, Hannon in the studio with Brody. Loves me some Hanner. Been a been a good week for the uh, for the broadcast crew, uh, but at one point, Remenda referred to the power play being too stagnant and too slow for the Sharks, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna miss you, Drew." <laughs> yeah, you know, um, we enjoyed his time here, but unfortunately, uh, you're not allowed to tell the truth. So, <laughs> sorry. Oh, um, Alden saying that uh, during the post game, you got Carly dropping the shit bomb in the presser. Good. Nice. You know, the thing I know, actually, I actually think this game here against the Flyers, I actually think was one of the more complete games the Sharks had played this season. You know, they they didn't really have that many giveaways. Obviously, they built a lead in the second period and then held it in the third period. Huge, right? Well, it, they For me, it's, again, both teams played yesterday. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't run into that whole excuse thing, but... I like that they showed some fight back from adversity because because they were getting owned in the circle in the first period, like sixty two to thirty eight percent. Yeah, that did that did not stop. <laughs> <laughs> and well, it got a little better in the second, but they yeah, were really getting owned. And then they were also heavily outshot. And then they turned the tables in the second. Which, if you've watched the Sharks for any amount of time this season, you're like, oh crap, here we go. Like if they don't take yeah. a three goal lead into the second, just turn it off. I'm surprised you think three goals is enough to go into the second. I would hope. I mean, you would, yeah, you would hope, but we've seen how this team has played this year. Yeah. You know, it, it's I, I don't know. I'm. It, it, it's kind of hard to explain. Just you know the way, like obviously you one of our jobs in 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 analyzing this team is like looking at trends and looking at patterns and figuring out what that tells us. But it's like just the way the sharks have been in the second period, like the fact that, you know, uh, seven games in, like it's been pretty much brutal every single night. And then, so to come in tonight and actually have, I, th- I think the second period was probably their best period. 
it's kind of like, oh, is it, is it opposite day today? Like, <laughs> did I miss a memo? Like, what happened? Right. And here, here's the thing how you know it's like a new era and all that. The post-game show for the Sharks just showed highlights from the Barracuda game. Like, that thing's wait. still on TV? <laughs> like, wait, not the Barracuda, what? the post-game show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm surprised they didn't get, you know, get taken off there <laughs> due to low viewership. <laughs> so, um, four games this week. Sharks go two and two through eight games, two six and zero oh, with four points. Um, so on the course of the week, you know, it didn't start great. You, you go onto the aisle and you get run five two. It it was it sucked. Right, <laughs> I mean, Sturm got a goal. I guess that was the one good thing you could take about it. Huge is <laughs> huge. Well, you know what? That and and I tweeted this out. I don't know if you saw it or not, but you know, we've had two prior to tonight, two podcasts where we've sung the praises of Nico Sturm, and he had scored two goals. As far as I'm concerned, that is those two are related. And so, and he gets a goal tonight, number three. So, I don't know. He kind of did his part. I think maybe later on in the show we're going to have to say some nice things again to, you know, make it up. Well, in quotes after Sturm's goals, you know, first-year Sharks have factored into every goal scored by San Jose up through this game against the Islanders. <laughs> the Sharks' fourth line, the fourth line at that point, remember that that change later in the week, Although didn't we talk about that last week on the show? But yeah, you you de- yeah you 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 had a DM about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for scene, I guess uh, the Sharks' fourth line had scored forty three percent of the team's goals so far that season. So like, oof, that's awesome when your secondary scoring is that good. It's just when the yeah <laughs> the top, makes you think. Yeah, the primary scoring not so much. Uh, but Quinn had some had some thoughts after the game. Yeah, listen. I mean, sometimes, and it happens to a lot of play, a lot of players. They get on the power play and they just abandon what hockey is all about. They play power play, and that's all that happened on those goals. We had plenty of opportunities. Bad as the decision making was in the offensive zone, and you know, giving up the you know odd man situations, we had a chance to just stop at the net, front defend, and you know, live another day. And we didn't do it. We panicked. We chased the puck. We just played mindless, and it ends up on the back of your net. <laughs> you really want your head coach saying? You played mindless. Oof. I mean, you know, if you don't, it, it's the old, the old kind of saying, right? Where it's like, if you don't, if you don't want to be criticized, uh, don't do things that open you up to being criticized. I mean, right? Like, you don't want, you don't want your coach to say you played poorly. Don't play poorly. Yeah, that's <laughs> doctor. I mean, when I, I do I, this. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I that sounds really like really simple, low energy, and you know maybe we just sign off now and call it a night. But it's like that that that's it, right? You don't want to be called out for playing bad. Don't play bad, you know. Uh, all the... and I I understand, you know, I understand. Obviously, the Sharks are not a good team as a collective. I understand that, but the team still has good players on it, and why the good players have been virtually invisible invisible for the first three weeks of the season, it's. I can't explain it, you know? <laughs> it's a wonder. Uh, Alden, uh, following the Philly game here, the, uh, I'm assuming this is Quinn, the guys did a better job at controlling the scrums, coming out of the scrums with a puck more often than not, and you know, not throwing shit away. Oh, I'm assuming that's EK. <laughs> nice. We love to hear it. Hell yeah. So it was, 
interesting after that Islanders game because, you know, at that point they're 0-5 and you've got Quinn saying, we need to win. We need to find a way to get a win. This can wear on you in a hurry. You can see it in our guys' faces. And he, he called the team fragile. And it's, whew. And then you got Sturm with all sorts of honesty talking about that, yeah, this sucks. And it's very much kind of, this is bad and we should feel bad. Uh, can you take care of the chat, please? Yep. And uh, I, I, it was very refreshing to hear Sturm bring that type of honesty. It seems like it had been a minute or so since we have heard that, you know, just kind of blatant, honestly, like we're not going to sugarcoat shit and we're not going to deliver you the cliches of, oh, we need to get pucks more, you know, pucks deep. We got to do this more. The, the same shit you hear after every single loss. It's just oof. But coming into that Islanders game, yeah, only the fourth line can score. It was it was just bad. But then Madison Square Garden, uh, you know, Gregor's scratched for the fourth time in six games. LeBanc gets scratched for the first time this season, uh, which I thought was probably overdue. Uh, the power play go, finally gets on the board. PK is a uh, hundred as you know as you would want, but this is that game jerk that we you know kind of mentioned earlier. Bonino gets moved to wing. Mm-hmm. You know, you it's the the fourth line is now the third line. Right, <laughs> and, and and you know specifically with that second line, Bonino, Couture, Cunnan, like. Again, I you know Benino as the winger, like we saw what it what it did last year for this team, so I support it, right? But as I mentioned earlier, you know when you have a second line center in Logan Couture who looks like he's still in off season mode, and you have a right winger in Luke Cunnan who can't stay out of the penalty box, um, I mean I don't think Wayne Gretzky could get anything going on that line. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, it was amazing how many penalties you had going on through that, but wheels come off again in the second period. Sharks cough up two goals. They only get off two shots on goal over 13 minutes, and then Shimmick, the redeemer. What a move, dude. Dude. I, you know what? After that goal, I I whipped out something I had not, we had not talked about in a while. Do you, you remember hashtag miss you, Shimmick? <laughs> oh that, my god, I forgot all about that. back around, you know what? Because that was a filthy freaking move and you know what it was he deserved it that was awesome it was and and like i just i don't know like i know shimmick has kind of been lumped in with all the other crappy defensemen we have but i i haven't hated his game this year i mean is that just me dude him and vlasic yeah they've both been solid i think i would prefer them on different pairings but sure again i thought they both have been good it really makes you I want to say, like, you know, last week on the show, I remember saying something along the lines of, you know, it's largely the same Sharks we saw from last season. Maybe Bugner wasn't the problem that you might have thought it would have been because I felt like last season's Sharks circled the wagons a little bit better through adversity. And so coming in, I was like, I don't know if Bugner was a problem. And now I'm going, well, Bugner might have been a problem, at least when it came to Vlasic and Shimmick. Uh, and over yeah. maybe overplaying Burns and Carlson and not trusting those guys. I don't know. Well, and and you know what? Like it's. I mean, I I'm not the the idea of you know maybe Bugner wasn't the villain after all. I don't buy that. You know, I mean, like 
let's call it what is like, you know, the last year's team was crappy. This team is somehow worse. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't not to say that this has really happened in large numbers, but, you know, I'm I'm not ready for the, you know, the Bob Bugner redemption tour to start. You know what I mean? Fair, fair. Uh, and and, you know, the uh, you know, speaking of the Sharks not being as good as they were last year, and obviously we'll talk about it maybe a bit later on, but. There seems to be a, a certain guy playing on the second line in Florida that. Uh, oh, I knew you were going to bring him up. The Sharks might be able to use. I don't know. You know what? But, <sighs> but he doesn't play the right way, AJ. Uh, he doesn't play. He doesn't play the right way. But God. guys who have guys who have zero goals this year play the right way. Oh, right. So. Dude. I don't know. Hey, you want this knife back? Like. Dude, the, the that balls are saying is just gonna go all season long as long as he keeps that shit up, playing on the second line and getting things done. And you know what? And I'm and I'm gonna do as we as the season progresses. I'm gonna do some research, but Moduel. Balsers. Not even, not even that, but just like you know, when he was bought out last summer, the whole thing was you know, Balsers doesn't play the way we want it. We want to play, and you know, he doesn't do this and doesn't do that and blah blah blah, all this stuff. I'd be curious to know. Maybe I'll check into it month to month, but like. I want to compare Balser's stats against all the guys that either stuck around or were brought in that allegedly play the the right way. Hmm. And I want to, and I want to see, you know what I mean? You're right. I think it would be a fun science experiment. Um, just a little update on tonight's game versus the Flyers. Quinn is saying that he's still waiting to get an update on Lawrence. Look like um or I'm sorry, Lawrence <laughs> Looked like Lawrence was boarded by Delorier near the end of the game and went to the bench in some discomfort. So, hey, Benino, you might be back on Tuesday. Who knows? Um, back to the Rangers game in the third period. Sharks held the rags to only two shots on goal. And like I said earlier, like EK just said, okay, um, th- this is going to happen. This, this OT is not lasting too goddamn long. Well, and, and you know, and, I, and I, what a move. Absolutely. And well, not only what a move, but just like the ability to not not succumb to the adversity, you know, not succumb to the fact that, oh, shit, I got knocked on the ground and the puck's rolling away. Like, no, there was still that maximum effort to get the puck to Timo Meyer. And then obviously Meyer ended up getting it back to Carlson and, and it got the goal. But you know, in, in, in watching this game, I, I, I had mentioned it earlier on during the game. There was a point where it was four on four during regulation. And I, and I had mentioned to my fiance, I said, you know what? I think four on four actually benefits the sharks because, you know, they only have about four good players. So at least they can have all their good players on the ice at the same time. And, you know, I, that, that same thought sort of popped back into my head, you know, as we're getting ready to start overtime. And I tell my fiance, I'm like, Hey, if they're not starting with Hurlmeyer and Hurdlemeyer and Eric Carlson, like they have no business winning this game just on principle. <laughs> Fire clear. And, and that's exactly who they started with. And I said, and I reiterated to her, I said, Hey, you know, the sharks only have three or four good players. Makes sense to just put them all out there at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, shit. What, uh, do you remember a game last season that went to overtime and you like flipped your lid because uh, what was I think it was oh it was it was against Edmonton that they didn't it happened multiple times but where I, they started I just, overtime with Nieto yeah or the <clears throat> okay sure but I remember specifically a game against Edmonton because they were like well we wanted to try to get a specific matchup and once McDavid was off the ice we felt we had a chance or whatever and it's oh, oh. well the puck's already in the back of the net game's over so. 
Well, and and that's the thing. And I remember, you know, there was a handful of us who were really talking about that because it was a couple games in a short span where this transpired. And I'm like, okay, hurdle, 70 point guy, Timo Meyer, 80 point guy. No, Matt Nieto, six goals in 70 games. Let's run it. You know, it's oh, dude, like, I thought you were going to say six goals in seven years. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. But, you know, the my like. I don't know. It was just it was just so stupid. It's like, you know, well, you, the goal is to score a goal and you put like your worst forward out on the ice. And and you know, it's still happening this year, but whatever. Yeah. Well, either way, um EK f- flashing some vintage EK, if you will, and of course inspiring a uh, a group of of people on social media to post the the tried and true and and very much cliche and played out you know, where are the haters now it's been 3 games see that's and see that's the easy play like that's too i don't know that's it's, like the it's the that's cheap the, sh- it's the cheap and juvenile shot yeah you know i'm i much prefer i don't know who this individual is but every time the <laughs> it's video it's not just one no but every time the video comes around i i love seeing it and i don't remember the person's twitter username but Anytime, like, Carlson maybe wakes up and does something exciting, you know, um, they, you know, again, to your point, saying, oh, where's the Carlson haters now? You know, that's a cheap shot. This person, she, uh, I believe it's a she, um, they get a bunch of clips of Eric Carlson, like highlights, and they put that song Hose Mad over it, (sighs) and it just runs and runs and runs. That, I love that. That, see, because that takes work. You know? Yeah, that that takes work, and it's it's fine. The whole where the hater, it, and that's the whole thing. I don't question his talent. I might question his effort sometimes. Sure, um, but it's like if if he can play like this regularly, you know, like show me, f- f- I don't know, forty games of this. You know, yeah, not 20? four. I want forty, not four. And 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 I pray that the guy's healthy all year long and and continues this. We've, I've been waiting on it four years now. So uh, anyway, I don't. I'm, I'm not going down that goddamn rabbit hole. So let's move on to the Devils game. Sharks start well, uh, but you know Devils finish better after one. Uh, <laughs> I liked how Nisho Hicker, uh, uh, sure tried to kick it. No, you can't. Can mm-hmm. I kick it? No, you can't. Um, but uh, the Sharks give up their first power play goal of the season. Uh, LeBanc comes through after being scratched the last game so i guess you like that at least he responded but that's the big that's the big thing it's all about responding right yeah uh but the devils holy crap dude i didn't realize what a shot suppression team they were i mean they outshot the sharks more than two to one in this game and the unfortunately they just could not find a second goal for kakinen who at this point i thought that was like his redemption game because he hadn't played that well in his previous start so it was really nice to see Kakinen put this up. I mean, what was his numbers on that? Like like nine forty four when it was all said and done. Yeah, he ended the or night with a yeah four something. Yeah, nine forty four. He allowed um he allowed two goals on thirty six shots, which is really good. Dude, that's what I'm saying. And let me guess, both those goals come in the second period. Yay. Uh, Hello, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yes, they did. One of them on the power play, so it's kind of like, you know. <sighs> So, look, I guess after a week of four games, I guess you can say, what, there's a little light at the end of the tunnel? I mean, Quinn has tough words. It seems as though the team is starting to respond. Uh, Sturm, you know, maybe his honesty kind of helped as well. I think it also probably helped a lot that EK65 played some of his best hockey this week. 
I mean, I, I, and you know what? I don't know that there's one or two main reasons. I kind of think it's a combination of everything, right? I mean, <laughs> everybody's tired of this shit. Yeah. I mean, you know, here's, here's the bottom line. We know the Sharks just, we know this. They're going to lose more than we win, more than they win. Yeah. But to see them as bad as this team is, as I mentioned earlier, they still have good players. And you're going to see, you know, good efforts throughout throughout the whole season, even in the losses and even in the brutal losses, I would say. And, you know, this these first three weeks have been historically bad. They've been historically embarrassing, I think. And, you know, as I said, even though the Sharks are going to lose more than they win this year, there's got to be a, a sort of a, a – uh, I, I hate this expression, but like a regression to the mean at some point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And well, and something I did notice, I'm curious your thoughts on it. So we've seen all throughout, I mean, really going back to last year, but all throughout, you know, this year especially where, you know, last year it was like, okay, let's split up Burns and Carlson for the power play. Mm-hmm. And, okay, now let's try Carlson and Burns together and we'll put some rando on the power play. And we saw that a little bit this year, you know, Ferraro on the power play, Benning on the power play. Oh, I can't wait to see Magna. <laughs> yeah, right. But something that I noticed that was really interesting, so in tonight's game, and granted the the Sharks only had one power play tonight, but Eric Carlson was the only defenseman who was on the power play tonight. And wow. fa- yeah, talk about and, inspiring trust. Well, and fast forward to last night or fast forward, Jesus. Go back to last night. <laughs> Uh, the Sharks. What time you know, space they, continuum. Do you live in? It, well, you know, I, I just watched Interstellar, so um, fair. <laughs> you know, you go back to last night. The Sharks had two power plays. Um, Matt Benning, thirteen seconds. Vlasic, thirteen seconds. Mario Ferraro, a minute and two seconds. Eric Carlson was almost at three minutes on the power play. So it kind of feels to me, and I think this is what a lot of people have been yearning for over the years: is like, hey, Carlson does his best with little to no structure. So just let him do his thing. And kind of like what we talked about on the first episode of the season, forget penalty kill, run him out as much as you can on the power play and in the offensive zone. See, that's what I was about to bring up is what are Carlson's minutes like on the kill? Yeah, uh, on the kill. So tonight (laughs) was zero. Tonight was zero. Last night was zero. The game against the Rangers was 23 seconds. See, um, I, but, I'm but, detecting but again, a trend. Well, 23 seconds, but the Sharks were on the penalty kill five times. And against the Islanders, he was out there for 58 seconds. Sharks were on the penalty kill three times. So, you know, 58 seconds out of six minutes, 50, or I'm sorry, 23 seconds out of uh, 10 minutes, you know, so it's kind of, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that that's the key to success, but you know what, Carlson, and we're going to get into it. Carlson was the best Shark this week. And I think Sturm was a very close second. Absolutely, 100%. But you see the coaching staff sort of steering into what Carlson is good at, and then he starts producing and playing better. The same with Vlasic and Shimmick? Yeah. And so I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Let's just get rid of Harrington and get Nudavara healthy. What's what's the reason <laughs> playing players where they do best? Never heard of it. Well, And I'm really kind of wondering what the hell is going on with Nudovara just because they, if I remember correctly, like at the beginning of the week, they the Sharks tweeted out a shot of his water bottle from mm-hmm. practice as if to 
allude that, oh, you know, he's close. He could be starting tonight or whatever. And here we are, damn near a week later and still no word. So, well, the end, you know, the internet says lower body injury. Um, well, the internet's always right. Of course. And, you know, beyond that, because just we know how the NHL operates, right? And so. Oh, I don't boy. know how much. <laughs> Let's not I don't go know down that hole. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I don't know how much more we'll find out beyond that. Um, but I don't know. I just I hope he's close because I don't think he can be any worse uh, than some of the other guys who've been rolled out this year. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, <laughs> now here's a funny thing though too. I'm in in the chat saying the Flyers are not a good team. I mean, they're only four and one. They're still not good. Oh, they, they aren't. Are. It's the no. I get it, but it's like it's hard to. I get what you're saying. They're, they're you can. They're not a good four and one team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but and, the, but they're they're punching up for sure. Yeah, I uh, mean, because I believe I believe they started out three and zero, oh, and then they're one and two since. So exactly. So uh, let's. Oh, and then to finish up on Carlson, um, you know, since they acquired him, the Sharks are seventeen ten and three. When he has two points or more in a game, you would hope. I uh, like those odds. Yeah, but 30 games out of 211, or 14%. So, yeah. let's. Fuck, can we get that number up to, like, 20? That would be nice. Yeah, yeah I'm, I support it. And uh, speaking of numbers, what do you think what about... You got, uh, numbers? Yeah, what do you think about these numbers? The six games that the Sharks have played in the U.S. so far this season, mm-hmm. Ramenda on the TV call for four. Far out. Ah, dude, dig it. <laughs> um, but, of course, the you know the one thing the Sharks do have to clean up is the second period and last couple of games, it's it, noticeable, noticeable trending upwards, but let's see what it looks like once they return to the comfortable confines of SAP Center this week. Um, hero and zero for the week, dude. Who you got? Um, okay, so for my hero, you know, I, I kind of... did you get that sound? Club. I need a hero! <laughs> you know, I, I, I sort of went back and forth with this one because early on I was kind of feeling like nobody deserved it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was fully prepared to abstain from this part of the podcast. <laughs> um, but I... Like, I what I, did I take last week? Fuck it, roll them again. Yeah, well, it would you know, it would have been three, year, three weeks in a row picking Nico Sturm, which... Honestly, is not, not a, a bad, bad call. Yeah. <laughs> not a bad call. I think I want to give him honorable mention, but my I got a roll with him, and I alluded to it a couple minutes ago. Eric Carlson, sure. And I know you know. Oh, where's you know? There's going to be all this uproar because you know the haters hate when you criticize him, and the lovers hate the sorry the haters hate when you enjoy him, and the lovers hate when you criticize him. Yep. And then you have us who live in the middle. Um. But you know what? Four games this week, and he had uh, he had two goals and an assist. He was even uh, or plus um, every game except for no. Um, there was one game where he was no even or plus every game, and well, dude, uh, he's a plus three on the week. That's what I'm saying. You know, and so ended up plus three on the week. Uh, he's as I said a couple of minutes ago, played a lot better since it seems like his strengths have been steered into more. I mean, not getting as much time on the penalty kill, obviously, I think, frees him up to be on the power play for 
80% of it game to game. And so I, I honestly don't have anything that I can really find to be upset with. I mean, even even tonight's game, you know, the big one, and I know you're going to love this one. Uh, he, he, had a, he had a takeaway, uh, an officially recorded, you know, takeaway in tonight's game. And I know earlier in this road trip, you know, he had um, a handful of giveaways. But in the last two games, he's had no giveaways, which, yes, two games, small sample size. But maybe we're building something here. All right. Um, lot shots too. I think he I'm gonna three shots against the Devils. Oh my God! Can I do mine yet? Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm gonna do pairs now. F- full disclosure: coming into this week, I was like, you know what? Just for the rest of the season, every show, my hero was gonna be Mike Creer. Like credit to the GM for building a team that is doing all they can do to get Connor Bedard, or at least put themselves in the best position to go after him. Mm-hmm. That's me being a sarcastic prick, which we're all aware that is me. Sure. But um, this week, I'm, I'm doing pairs. And so okay. for me, my hero this week is the pair of Vlasic and Shimmick. Yeah. I'm just, I'm picking up what they're throwing down so far. Like, I don't know. The We heard a lot of the whole, everybody gets a clean slate with Quinn and yada, yada, yada. And, and of course, Greer as well. Um these guys, it seems like, are being given an opportunity. We know how much I love that word. But they've been given the chance, and they're taking advantage of it. So credit to them. Well, and and especially to your point with Mark Edward Vlasic, this week in the four games, the, le- the lowest amount of ice time he had was just over 18 minutes, which is, as we both know, much higher than what he was getting last year. Hell yeah. And we've talked about it. You know, guys... Guys somehow play better when they play more, you know? It's mm-hmm. like some kind of weird reverse psychology, <laughs> you know? But Almost a reverse retro thing. We'll get to it later. Woo! Who's our... Uh... That's the Skype shutdown sound, by the way. Yeah. Who, <laughs> who's the uh, shared hero this week? No. I... <sighs> like, I almost want to sit here and go, okay, on the count of three, we're both going to say a name. Okay, let's do that. Do it. That's fun. Um... Do you want to count or do you want me to count? Uh, you can count. I'm trying to work out like who would be. Yeah, no, I got it. Go ahead. All right. Are we okay? Ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Nico Sturm. Okay. <laughs> we did not agree. Um, I, th- I mean, Sveshnikov, I, Really? I think I would have went with Sturm. Just that. I don't know. Since it's almost like a case of that entire line, like from being bumped from you know the fourth line to the third line like they're getting more minutes they're handling more situations the mm-hmm. dude has two goals mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like, eight yeah that just that i don't know i was expecting a spe- and you have a little bit of fault on this because sure uh off air you kind of laid waste to Sveshnikov a little bit you're like it's everybody's going oh great we got him it's like it's not the one you were hoping for I still stand by that, but go ahead. <laughs> but so, so my bar very, very low. So the fact that he's done this, I'm like, hey, I, I'll yeah. give, I'll give him a prop. I mean, that's fair, and you, and you know what, he, I mean, he's third on the team in goals. So, I mean, I look like the idiot for now. I, I, I think by game eighty, we'll feel a bit differently. Oh sure, but, but you know, I support Svechnikov. I mean, he's, he's gotten a limited sort of role, and I think he's taken it and run with it, as you mentioned. You know, he had a goal and an assist. Uh, in the game against the Islanders this week, he had eight shots on goal. Which game to game, we love to see that. 
Mm. Uh, zeros. Dude. <laughs> where, do we, where do we begin? Oh, dude. I mean, can I just say the top line? Yeah, sure. See, that's the beautiful thing about the player of the week, dud of the week, whatever we're calling it, is it, it doesn't have to, like, it can be a player, a line, a pairing. Oh, remember, you know? next week it'll be the treat and the trick of the week. Yeah, there's a little Hey-o. teaser. There's a little teaser. <laughs> um, but you know, it could it could be anything. You know, it is. You know, if um, you know, maybe if you're if you're uh, if you're local uh, arena bartender, you know, topped off your drink when no one was looking, then maybe he gets it. You know. Oh, dude. But the, <laughs> dude, this top line. I mean, Hurdle's never gone this long without a goal. Yep. What what is he? Dash six now, something like that. Tomas um, Hurdle is, yeah, dash six. He's got on, three points in eight games. Dude, and on this week, he's dash three. On the week, Barabanov, who just came back, he's only played four games. He's already dash four. Um, just, Although I will say Barabanov had a really good takeaway tonight. But yep. it's just, oof. And, it, and it's not like they're not getting some looks. It's mm-hmm. just, god damn, you got to finish here at some point. And then Timo, dude. You know, 15 shots this week, not a single goal. Yeah, you got to hope that just just based on the sheer volume of shots he's getting, you got to hope that that turns eventually, right? I mean, it has to. But then again, you know, well, 35 goals last year. Well, okay, well, five of them came in one game. But I mean, dude, he's got still 35. Yeah, but they still got to figure this out. So I would say, yeah, my my dud for the week is that top line. Completely fair. I support it. All right, what you got? Um, so dud for the week. I don't. It's it's tough for me because I don't feel like anybody. You know, I, obviously we talked about Carlson, we talked about Sturm, but beyond that, I don't. And Sveshnikov, I don't know that anybody aside from those three was like particularly super good. I think everybody has <laughs> has a uh, has a, a hand at the wheel of um, you know being the dud sort of candidate, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I and I hate to even do this because he's a well. I don't want to know if he's a fan of the show, but he's been on the show, Mario Ferraro. Oh, and I and and not that he's been. I mean, he hasn't been great, you know. But and it's not it's not to say that he's been the worst player on the team. But I was kind of thinking more ice time, you know. Got the got the big boy contract. I was kind of hoping we were going to see the next step forward, right? Where he's he's getting, you know, 20, I don't know, 22, 23 minutes a night, and he's just not letting anything get by him at all. You know, I that's kind of what I was hoping for. And now the 23 minutes a night part, he's got it. And, you know, it's not going anywhere, but he's been minus four on the, se- on the season up to this point. He took a brutal delay of game penalty uh, on against the New Jersey Devils. It's just not that he's gotten worse, but he just he hasn't taken the next step that I think we were all hoping and wanting and needing. And so kind of like what you talked about in the beginning of the season where it's like, you know, what do you expect from players kind of thing? You know, you you know, and and with Mario Ferraro, there's a lot of expectations. And I I really think he's only been as good as he's always been. He hasn't taken that next step. And, you know, as I said, he's still been good, but not taking that next step is a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, who's the both? I don't know. I mean, I kind of, I, I, one, two. Okay. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me look at the roster. Really quick. Oh, I need, give me I, know, I know. I have a feeling I know who you're going to say, but I still want to make sure that I'm really giving it the horse eye here. <laughs> um, 
Come on. Dude. Okay, I got it. I One, got it. Two, two, three. Harrington. Kevin LeBanc. Oh, uh, man, we're not on it this week. <laughs> no. Harrington to me, it's just like, dude, get beat it well, already. But I, but I completely agree with you. I was this close to saying Pavelski just because he had a hat trick on another oh team. God. But <laughs> but you know, but here's but here's the thing with Harrington. Like, okay, yes, he's. He he should not be an everyday guy. I support that idea, but um, it just he, feels like anytime he's given an opportunity, I'm going. Oof. What if I told you that he is one of two defensemen on the Sharks that are not minus? What if I told you that? Yeah, no, it, it blows me away. I mean, he's actually a plus one this week, and in in, one, in the one game he played. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, I I it, it's kind of the a weird sort of situation you have to look at everything as i talked about before individually but also as like with the collective right mm-hmm. and you know like do i think scott harrington should be in the lineup on a nightly basis no but you're asking me to pick six names he's on the list all right but the, yeah. i completely agree with you on the bank and that that would have been my second one yeah but i was I, like it, at least he responded but i felt like right. the response was short-lived yeah, he responded, which is good. But again, you know, he played really well in in Prague, and then what after that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, somebody got who somebody put. Uh, it's pretty hard not to be a minus on this. T- yeah, no, I feel you. But Nico Stern was positive three this week, so uh, I have to see. Just as an aside, I'm and I'm and you know I'm I, talking about sandwiches earlier. You know, this is a sandwich that I'm eating eating here. I've been quite impressed with Jacob Magna. Dude. Yeah, I like I would take See, and at the beginning of the season, if you remember, we were when we were all shooting the shit uh with like previews and whatnot, a lot of it was like, Oh, Magna will be the first one to be sent down when everybody's healthy or whatever. And I'm like Right. And I was thinking, I don't know about the hell, Harrington's already been waived once. Well and, and but you know what though, you kinda look it, the tea leaves were sort of trending that way because you know, Megna Megna had played a lot of last season with Eric Carlson, and then fast forward to preseason this year, and Megna wasn't even in the same group as Carlson. Yeah. So you kind of you kind of felt like it was trending that way, you know. But since you know since he's came in to the lineup, he's been quite good. I mean, he's again he's the best uh, he's the best defenseman in terms of plus minus. He's the best defenseman in terms of uh, in terms of points. Or I'm mm. sorry, not points. Um, well, yeah, he's the second best defenseman in terms of points. Excuse me, and he's—I don't know—he's somehow found a way to to make it happen, Captain. And you know, we support it. Hmm. Tony Couture coming in saying, "Team chemistry is emerging now. Sturm should be with Couture and Cunnan on the second line." Your thoughts? Um, <laughs> They've tried everything else. I support. I—I I mean, I would support that. I—I I mean, obviously, Sturm has found. An ability to provide some offense, so it, it does make you wonder what he can do with more offensive players. But again, going, I I think Couture and Cunning like they should not be on the same line together because, you know, Couture's give a shit meter seems like it's at an all time low, and Cunning can't stay out of the box, unfortunately. Yeah, and I like what Sturm is doing with his own line. Like he like it's that too. It's becoming kind of. I don't want to say it's it's say it. the say it. <laughs> it's not the second coming of Richie Scott Thornton and Nicholas Sundstrom. I knew you were going to go there. Well, I love it. it. I support it. Well, just because that team had an identity, and I feel like Sturm and what he's doing is giving that line an identity. So, <laughs> PJ forty eight wants dude, to know, provoking the crap out of you. Yeah, uh, is 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 neither an option? <laughs> 
I mean, you know what? I think. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's on, seventh. They're not going to play very often. Yeah, I mean, just on recent history, I think I would I would say Harrington because only because like Harrington actually has experience playing I, in the NHL. And, and uh, as a bad host, uh, I should note for all the people listening to the audio portion of this, the question was: Would you rather have Harrington or? Malosh as your seventh, and so we we know what the jerk says. We dude, we gotta speed things along because we have got a lot more to get into. Um, Canucks are the first team in NHL history to lose each of their first four straight games in a season while blowing a multi-goal lead in each contest. They're the only team in the NHL without a win. Jerk, this was your dark horse last year. Uh, do they f- challenge the Sharks for the basement in the Pacific at this point? No, I don't think so. I and and actually, I I have them doing better than the Vegas Golden Knights this year. Of course, I look oh. stupid for saying that, but well, it's, we, we're talking about a team that replaced their coach too late last season because they were it was just such a horrible start for them, and so of course, all those same people that were screaming Bruce, there it is, are now going get him the fuck out of here. Right. I I just think like we we kind of <laughs> talked about it earlier on, right? But like we knew going into the season that the defense for the Vancouver Canucks was going to be, um, you know, the, the, the struggle point of their game. And, uh, and that's proven to be the case. You know, it's not, it's not for a lack of good goaltending, you know, of course, Thatcher Demko's numbers would tell you otherwise, but he's an, a legitimate elite goaltender. And, you know, the forwards have, you know, maybe they could score a little bit more, but you know, everybody to a degree has pulled their weight as much as they can. I would say the exception being probably Nils Hoaglander and Ilya Mikheyev, but I, I think know. with Vancouver, it's it's only a matter of time before things are gonna, you know, f- kind of flip the script and they're gonna be back at it. And and, and <laughs> when, you know, when when do they play the Sharks? That'll turn it around, <laughs> right? Well, and you know what? Word around the street is they've been sniffing around one of the defensemen on Pittsburgh, so that could change the game for them. All right. Uh, are the Krakening? Uh, Krakening. <laughs> I like that though. The Krakening. Are the Kraken ruining Shane Wright? I mean, he's getting buried on the fourth line. He's playing six minutes a night when he's not scratched. Uh, sounds like the antithesis of development. Uh, this is exactly what we don't want to do with Eklund and Bordalo. Um, I don't understand why you would subject to come subject them to come up. This is a transition year. So, uh, should the Kraken be doing the same thing? Like put Shane down with Coachella or wherever he needs to go. Yeah. So w- with Shane, Wright, They would end up, they would end up sending him back to, uh, they would end up sending him back to his junior team. Okay. Let him go um, kill d- and destroy the junior team and play 18, 20 a night. Right. Well there, and, and that's, that's kind of the, the catch 22 is, you know, there are some, there are some conversations that he is too good, uh, oh. to go back, to go back to the OHL. And so, we as as we talked, I mean, we talked about it on multiple multiple platforms over the summer. But it's like, you know, the Kraken are not going to be scaring anybody this year. The Kraken are not really going to be making a whole lot of noise this year. So why not give them more time then? That's what I'm saying. You lose you you lose nothing by playing him in the top six. And honestly, and and we talked about it, you know, a year and a half ago when it first came out. But I I think what this comes down to is is shitty coaching. It, it's Dave Hackstall you know, sort of seeing the writing on the wall and realizing, hey, you know what, sooner or later these guys are going to find out that I'm a shitty coach, hmm. so I need to play. I And, you know, maybe you can make an argument that he's playing the quote-unquote best players, but it's like, no, I need uh, to play. I would disagree there, sir, simply, right. no, simply, simply because Martin Jones has gotten starts. 
That's what I'm saying, and he's oh. actually he's actually gotten more starts than Philip Grubauer. Granted, yeah. Grubauer's hurt, but uh, well, I was gonna say, yeah, Jones. But if memory serves, Jones came in the other night to uh, spell Grubauer, and actually, like nothing got by him. Well, and, and that's the thing, and you know what? The Kraken have actually, you know, their top guys have played quite well. When, so... when Jones only has to play 20 minutes a night, he's not that bad. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know the the Kraken have actually played their top guys have played quite well, but. Again, with Shane Wright, with, you know, you think he's too good for the OHL, so you have him in the NHL. Okay, that's fine, but with a player that young, that talented, you need to find ice time for him, whether it's, you know, a late offensive zone start, it's a power play two kind of mm-hmm. situation. You need to find time for him. And as I said, I, I personally think Dave Haxtell is a bad coach, and I think this comes back to bad coaching. This, oh, well, you know. Seattle kid, will you, find that out soon enough. Well, it's you know, oh, you know what, kid, you you've played five games in the NHL, and so you know we're gonna we're gonna judge how much you can help the team based on how many games you've played. All right, um, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Kraken versus Blackhawks today. Jones versus Stalock. Love it. Um, dude, cool. dude, Edmonton starting off slow, and, and it makes you wonder if McDee and uh, Leon are gonna get run down on time on ice. Um, and then, dude. L.A. through seven games, 24 goals goals for, 31 against. There's only two teams with more goals for, but they have the highest goals against in the league. And somehow they're still, like, right in the middle of the Pacific. I don't understand what is going on. They're just – I thought Quick was having a resurgence year, and, like, it's just looking at the numbers. Goals against, 31? Dude, no, I, like, you're it, getting I mean, lit up like Randy Hahn's birthday cake. No, I, I, I think – with quick, I mean, last year, like people, people were saying, many people were saying that last, you know, last year was kind of a resurgence for quick, and he, you know, all this kind of stuff. He only had a nine ten, which is barely average, right? So when you, when you're, I don't know, a lot resur- of people were talking. Many people were saying that he was uh, the final year of his deal, and everybody's looking at Cal and Johnny's like, no, I got something to say, right? Which I understand and I support that, but at the same time, like let, let's break it down. Let's think about it fundamentally. You have, for the first time in four years, you have a resurgence where you're just playing lights out. And after it's all said and done, you have the stats of an average goalie. Oh. Right? I mean, right? You know, <sighs> so it's like, well, mm. I, I, I don't want to say that I saw this coming, you know, but when you have 888, 904, 898, and then you play your balls off and you have a 910. True. It's really it's really not that impressive in the grand scheme of things. And And you know what? I was wondering why LA didn't go with Cal Peterson last year. Obviously it worked out for them this year. They have to go with him. They can't, they can't have, you know, their, their backup goalie. First of all, their backup goalie who is, who's, who's young, you know, like he, like Cal Peterson, again, he's not like, he's not a kid. Yeah. They got to make the move, but he's not as old as Jonathan quick. And so you need, you know, a player of that age, that skill level, you need him playing, but also, you know, five million bucks for the next three years as a backup. That's not. Ugh. That's not efficient. No, no. <laughs> the 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 plan got accelerated after last year. They got to make a move. Um, I and, yeah. And as much as we're sitting here going, oh well, Vancouver will shake it off, and the, you know the the tide will will begin to turn. I'm wondering just with Vegas starting off as well as they have, if that tide will start to even out a little bit. Uh, I don't want to go down. Yeah, I don't want to go down there. Um, so 
Uh, Gary Bettman, after the Board of Governors, blah, 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 that escrow balance likely will be paid off at the end of the season. So that means the salary cap could jump. How jacked are you? Because we know that your second favorite player is cap space. Yeah. I And it's... This is like the best possible news that could come out. Obviously, a lot needs to go right, but I think reverse retro 2.0 being a thing, you know, if, if the NHL can build on their record high playoff viewership from last year, I think that's going to be a thing. And, you know, last year, multiple teams had reduced or zero capacity due to the pandemic. So hoping that we don't have any of that this year, you know, it's all it's all going to help. And, and I think, man, if we... You know, even a million bucks, which is the the current plan, even if it goes up to eighty three and a half, I still think that's a victory. But if they can, you know, if 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 the if the debt is paid off and we see eighty six and a half, mm. you're gonna see a lot of things open up. Whew. All right, uh, let's move on here before we get into the really fun stuff. Uh, there is another team in San Jose that's um, doing a little bit better. Oh, my Lanta, the San Jose Barracuda. By the way, two R's in Barracuda for those of you at NBCSF's uh, graphics department. Uh, two games versus the Henderson Silver Knights to open Tech CU. Woo, baby. Open the new barn with a shutout from Deller and a 4-0 win against the Silver Knights. Tristan Robbins getting the first ever Barracuda goal at Tech CU. Fun fact, a gamer jersey of his was for sale at the beginning of this game, and from what I understand, was sold immediately after that goal was scored. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was. Uh, oh, Co scored twice. Bordalo adds the final nail in the coffin in the third. Uh, I was told that it was a, that it was sold out, but like three days before the game, I was also offered four tickets. So I don't know. Seemed like a, a weird flex, but whatever. Uh, game two sees the Barracuda earlier today score three straight after giving up the first two goals to Henderson. Uh, Bortolo knocks on the door yet again. Uh, Luke Johnson ties the game with his second of the season, and C.J. Seuss would net the game winner for his first marker of the season. Johnson and Seuss both with two-point games, and McAniemi saves 31 of 33. Uh, you have to like this CUDA team, especially after what they did last year, which was nothing. <laughs> right. I, 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 I mean, you talk about nowhere to go but up. And, dude, they're like with a bullet. Yeah. I mean, 4-0 to start the things off. Uh, you know, the Barracuda and the AHL, you know, it, it feeds the NHL. We all know that. And so it, it's important to have you know, the young guys, you know, the guys that you envision for the future of your team playing well. And, you know, I, I know there are a lot of folks, myself included, who think back fondly of that 16-17 Barracuda team because they were really good. But this team, I think, is better. And, you know, I think what we've seen up to this point, I think it's only a sign of things to come. Oh, my bad. Ian saying that it's not CJ Seuss, it's CJ Cease. There you have it. Oh, my God. Then spell it like that, God damn it! I'm, t- I'm tired of these names. <laughs> Take some. There needs to be a hockey. You know how you have, like, English class, Spanish class? There needs to be, like, hockey pronunciation class. And I'm sure Kevin Lacey will be happy to teach it. <laughs> um, Jesse saying, a lot less people at Tech CU today 
but still better than anything at SAP last year. Of course. Yeah, who wants to be in that cavern with, you know, 800 people? Um, So question for you while we're on the Barracuda. Mm -hmm. So I know there were some internal conversations about a giveaway contest. Mm -hmm. I have the contest question picked out if you want to get into that now. We have so much to get into. Uh, so we're going to do a giveaway. Uh, it could be a uh, TechCU shirt. It could be a San Jose Barracuda, um, uh, what do you call it? puck. Um, it could be a, what do you, uh, we got a wristband, We got, uh, a towel from last night. It, it could be a combination of things. So uh, dudes and chicks hang out with us for a little while uh, and we'll we'll do something at the end of the game to uh give out something for uh, the barracuda fans in the house there uh, you have it uh just a couple things of note this isn't me trying to shit on anything i'm just saying um i saw a, a decent amount of complaints about food times like people waiting for that and bar staffing and i just chalked that up to of it's a brand new venue like they gotta they gotta find their rhythm you know They'll iron out the kinks, and halfway through the season, you know, it'll all be humming along. So I get what you're saying. Believe me, uh, I wasn't too thrilled about having uh, the Fireball Cove being staffed by one bartender for the first like 45 minutes of the the opening of the of the barn. Definitely took some time, but uh, they'll figure it out. Um, one thing that they do have to figure out is the sound levels. The, you know, I've mentioned it at the tank before, dude, the PA cranked just a a hair too high and the girl on the PA, um, Amelie or Amelia, or I I think it's Amelie, uh, boy, there's a, that, that is, she is one excited girl on that microphone sometimes. And if you are standing in the wrong place, holy crap. I mean, I, I saw people last night, like holding their hands to their ears because it was too loud. And and even my uh, my Apple Watch went off a couple times saying, "Dude, you are in a very loud area." So dial it in, and we'll all be good. Uh, but so far, off to a roaring start. the The venue's gorgeous, and they just keep adding things to it. So it should be a lot of fun. And way easier to get in and out of than I imagined it might have been. Uh, I was a little nervous about that, but. It was uh, very simple, very easy. And you know what the play is? You park a half mile away. You have uh, a couple good beers, and then you walk down and have a nice little brisk walk. It's good. Cuda will play three this week at home, hosting the rain on Wednesday, and then a pair against the Tucson Roadrunners on the weekend. Hopefully, the Barracuda can continue this and just keep chugging along because it's uh, it's going to be one of the fun stories to see happen this season, especially when we get to a point of, uh, what is it, when they put that little E next to the Sharks on the standings? You know, gives you something to still, like, care about. Right. <laughs> Let's get to our tweet of the week before we get to the really fun stuff here. Um, we haven't we haven't buzzed the tower on these guys in a while, so let's do it. Um, Fanatics, you're back. Uh, Alex Plaxon here tweeting out, Hey, Fanatics, I know it's supposed to be quote-unquote retro, but I don't recall a time when the Washington Capitals spelled their name C-A-P. T-I-A-L-S. How is this officially licensed gear? It's got to be somebody's job to check this stuff, right? They literally spelled it Cap-teals, 
not capitals. Fanatics, keep keep doing you, man. Keep doing you. All right, let's get to the fun stuff. Retro reverse jerseys. As you can see, I'm wearing mine from last uh, from 1.0, but everybody has a list, and you know whether it's hockey guy or Dangle or whoever, they all have their lists, as do we. So let's dive in. I, oh, on on the whole, let me just ask you this before I give you your ASMR. Here we go. There it is. On the whole. Better or worse than 1.0? Worse, 100%. Really? Yep. Ooh, all right. Let's get into it. Um, let's start with Anaheim. We're going to do this shit alphabetically. So you remember last time round, they had mm -hmm. that uh, beautiful wild wing coming up out of the water. Everybody loved this. This was like in most people's top three. Mm -hmm. uh, it was certainly in mine. Loved it. And this go around, they went slightly different. <laughs> like they threw it back to the original logo, but with current colors. I'm not a fan of the current colors. Um, but for me, the, the way that I'm judging this, since we're doing this kind of compare thing, is uh, is this a step forward or a step back? For me, this is a step back from the last one. What about you? And I should say, uh, well, got to give it some context. The 1993 signature asymmetrical body stripe Chevron sleeve stripes and three color player numbers is an ode to the Ducks inaugural season uniform remixed with the team's modern day color scheme. You know, winner or loser from, uh, I actually neither. I actually think it's a lateral move. You know, I think both, both, both are, are good jerseys. Both. You they can only of... buy one. Which one are you doing? I mean, Neither. Like, <laughs> you you have to buy one. Which one are you buying? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I would probably buy this one only because I think I like the Mighty Ducks logo better than the the Wild, whatever it's called, the Wild Wing one. But just in terms of like, you know, they're both nice jerseys. They both follow the, I guess, the criteria, you know, that we talked about, you know, like how sort of mixing in different styles, you know, the current colors, the old style, you know, old colors, current style, you know, doing sort of that Frankenstein action. I so think. this this ain't doing much for you? No, I think it's a lateral move, but that's not a bad thing. Okay. Oh, boy, be a triple. What if it was purple? What if it was purple? Here we go. The Coyotes are the first team to ever wear a jersey featuring an earth tone color, Sienna. Inspired by the Coyotes' 98-03 third uniform, this jersey depicts a desert and incorporates the Coyotes' crescent moon logo, as part of the landscape. So to me, this is just very much kind of like, what if it was Sienna? Uh, is you know, this kind of lateral to me, but I, but I prefer the purple. See, for, again, and, and there's going to be, I, I feel as we compare all these, I feel I'm going to have a lot of qualifiers here. I think it's a step back, but it's still one of my favorite jerseys from this batch. Okay. The, the other thing, just because we've talked about it so much, Oops. purple needs to be more mainstream in the NHL. Hell yeah, hell yeah. The other thing that kind of stands out for me, for for whatever reason, more, and it might just be the photos of the model or whatever, but that the portion of the jersey that has the the skyline kind of the mountains and cactus or whatever, just that little mm -hmm. line, it kind of looks like an an added apron. Sure. Whereas, like the Ducks Reverse Retro 1.0 was sublimated throughout, so you didn't have that. 
I kind of mm-hmm. I like the sublimated version better. But anyway, fair. Uh, so for you, you're you're also saying lateral. No, I say step back. Oh, step back. Okay, but a very small step back. Gotcha. All right, Boston. You remember one point oh. Yep. Uh, nice gold one. I didn't have a problem with this. Like it, it certainly wasn't at the top of my list, but I didn't think of it as a loser. I just kind of went, yeah, that seemed like the obvious way to go. This time around, Boston brings back Pooh Bear. Uh, <laughs> inspired by the Bruins 95 third jersey that was originally gold. This bright white jersey's main character is the Bruin itself. Legend has it that the image of the Bruin was taken from a painting of a bear hanging on a team executive's wall and why it resembles a painted image rather than a digital one. Um, I got to tell you, on gold, the original one, not a fan. On white, with the trim and everything, dude, love it. Yeah, I and you know, and again, with, with these reverse retro jerseys, both 1.0 and 2.0, I sort of grade it on two metrics. Number one, do I like the design? Number two, do I like the inspiration? Right? Mm-hmm. I sort of grade I sort of grade it on two metrics. And we'll especially when we get to the Sharks one, you're gonna see that in play quite a bit. This one so for the Bruins, 1.0, the execution, I'm not a fan of yellow, but the inspiration, I support it. I respect the inspiration. Mm-hmm. This one, 2.0, better design. Love the inspiration from it. For me, Boston, it's a step forward. And I didn't really think all too hard about that. You know, I came to that conclusion pretty quickly. Yeah, I I like that. Like, again, I judge this on if I can only buy one, which one am I getting? Sure. All right. I shouldn't say buy. I'm not spending money on any of this stuff. <laughs> but it's like See, if, if I have to pick and it's like, no, I would totally go Pooh Bear over the the yellow one. See, and, and in this situation, I do agree with you. I do think that's a very easy choice. But, like, with, with the Ducks one especially, you know, I, I like both about the same. So, you know, my metric for choosing would honestly be flipping a coin, you know? Gotcha. All right. Buffalo. This, um, boy, I got to tell you, this. I think this is a step back for me. Um, but either way, we remember 1.0 from them with the uh, the – <clears throat> what was originally what a black and red jersey it was yeah primarily black and red yeah and then they upgraded it to the the current royal blue and gold so this go around they keep that uh, blue and gold but go with the goat's head buffalo this sabers uniform blends the style of the 96 logo with the colors of today the body stripes and horn-shaped outline on the upper arm complement the center crest the bison buffalo um i gotta tell you i think i would have liked this more had the jersey been blue. Like if you sure. invert the blue and the white on this, I think I would have really liked it a lot more. So again, going back to my metric of do I like the design and do I like the inspiration? Buffalo's 1.0 was a home run for me. This one, it's a grand salami for me. Like Oh really? I love Okay, so and we talked about this so much when 1.0 came out. I love the Frankensteining, you know, different era, one era color with another era design, and you sort like of mash LA, them right? together. Yeah, like LA did with 1.0, and you kind of just see what happens, you know? And so you couple that with the fact that the goat head logo is a vastly superior logo to the dueling Sabres mm. uh, logo. To me, like, 1.0 was a home run. 2.0 is a grand slam. What you're saying is Buffalo understood the assignment. Absolutely. And that, and I'm glad that you said that because it popped in my head and I forgot to mention it. Buffalo 
followed the rules <laughs> because there's and, and don't get me wrong we'll get to it there's a lot of teams they have a really awesome jersey but it's more retro than reverse if that makes sense absolutely and for for the people watching you know give us your takes in the uh in the chat like let us know which one's popping for you um mm-hmm. let's move on to calgary here so one Sploogie. point <laughs> 1.0 I guess was such a hit that that's now their like third jersey. Yep, accurate. Uh, yeah, I think a few teams need to consider that. Arizona. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, dude, in a big way. Um, so this go around, Calgary went with the pedestal design. Um, the Flames crest is placed on a thick diagonal striped pedestal in this jersey, an ode to the '95 uniform. The number and name are italicized to match the forward movement of the Flames C crest. Um, I got to tell you, like, as much as you were kind of like, eh, flip a coin on Anaheim, I'm kind of mm-hmm. the same with with Calgary's both of Calgary's designs. I, there's, I don't know. There's something about this design for Calgary that I don't like. And I think, again, I go back to look at the apron underneath the sea. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm, it, like mm-hmm. that, had they sublimated it, I think I would have been like, love it, dig it. But it looks like someone took two different jerseys and stitched them together. That's okay. I didn't think about that, but that's a good point. Yeah. Here's, it throws here's me my off. Like, if the body of this had been all black, I would have been all, oh, love it. Absolutely. So here's here's my take on the matter. Excuse me. So or take away the at, pedestal. Here's the thing. Looking at the collective again, just very wide, broad, sort of you know fifty thousand foot view. I think it's a lateral move, mm-hmm. but I'll but I'll break it down for you. Their two design is worse than their one design, but their inspiration and their execution significantly better in 2.0 because 2.0 they took the second uh tech at the time away they took their second away jersey that they ever wore flip some colors around and that's in the spirit of the reverse retro kind of mindset you're sort of tweaking it flipping things around and seeing what happens but the design is very ugly now you go back to 1.0 all they did was change one color on one stripe color, but the design is the logo is badass. So on 1.0, good design, bad execute or bad inspiration. On 2.0, bad design, good inspiration, and that's why I say it's lateral, but for different reasons, if that makes sense. All right, <laughs> Christine saying the stripe thing is weird. It looks like a woman's bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's um Huge. it's something. Again, I think if you take away the pedestal portion and you just keep and again, get rid of the apron part thing, but you just have the horizontal stripes, I think it's a winner. Sure. It's the pedestal and that apron that throws me off. Um Carolina. Let's see here. So, you remember Carolina Going back to the whale last time around, huge uh, for a lot of people. A lot of people mm-hmm. had this in their top five. Uh, this time around, 
oh, did it, it, it I mean, isn't this like one of their fucking current jerseys? But I digress. Um, the team's current away jersey gets redesigned in a bold red for the first time in franchise history. There are two sets of hurricane warning flags on the shoulders and the Canes stair step center crest to underscore the flag details. I've, I feel like, like I've seen this before. This doesn't feel retro reverse anything. It just feels like, oh, it's a Canes jersey. Well, it's definitely it's definitely reverse. I'll give them that one. What well, was it in uh, white before? Yeah, it's currently in white. It's their current away jersey. Oh, okay. Uh, Why are we even talking about this? Right. Well, that's so that's the thing. It's definitely <laughs> re- it's definitely reverse. I give them props for that. But to your point, not retro at all. Yeah, uh, dude. And, everybody and wanted wonder, a red Whalers. That would have been dope, dude. And and I wonder. And I, or even, you know, even Whalers like Hurricane Warning style, I think would have been a lot better as well. But this to me feels, and, and by the way, I think, again, what they're trying to do, I support it, but I'm not a fan of the design itself. And to me, this, this feels like cutting a corner. So the Hurricanes for this season, they, they flipped their jerseys. They made the home jersey, the alternate, the alternate jersey, the home jersey. This feels to me like, oh, you know what? We're kind of sick of our red jersey anyway. Let's introduce a red reverse retro based on our current away jersey. And then in a year or two, we'll just make that the new home jersey or alternate jersey. It feels like a sort of a backdoor redesign as opposed to actually in the true spirit of reverse retro. So I think it's a step back. Yeah, I I would come to say that I don't think you could name another team that did so well the first time and so badly the second time, but the Canes have my vote for number one in that category. Uh, Chicago. Last time around, I mean, and we're talking, Chicago kind of has a lot of history to tap into. Last time around, uh, you know, wasn't one of my favorites, but I didn't think it was absolutely horrible. Um, this time around, kind of all almost in the same boat. And remember, I'm not a fan of wordmark jerseys, but... Descripto says the 83 Chicago uniform takes on a literal interpretation of reverse retro. The black and red colors are inverted with the Chicago wordmark inspired by the 2019 winter classic crest laying across the chest. Again, I, and, and the other thing too is, do the teams talk to each other? Because when I first saw this, I'm like, wait a minute, isn't that the Detroit jersey too? So here's the thing for me. We, we've talked about... With the Sharks, you know, they've been really awful and then they become awful and that's progress or they've become they were bad and then now they're really bad. And, you know, (laughs) so with this one, their 1.0 jersey was one of the worst and somehow they found a way to outdo themselves. (laughs) I completely (laughs) agree. Now, again, now, if I had to pick between the two. Sure. I, I, again, I would be like you and like, okay, when you say pick between the two, you mean which one I throw in the fireplace first? Yeah, I, I think I would abstain from that choice. Um, but here's the thing. Again, and, and this is sort of my two-pronged approach to it. Do I like the design? Do I like the inspiration? I actually don't hate the inspiration. The design sucks, though. Yeah. And it's shocking to me because I didn't think it could get any worse than their 1.0. <laughs> Dude, and Christine coming in hot yet again. This looks like a shirt designed for the kids' department at Kohl's. She's not wrong. I kind of think, honestly, if you took the logo, the numbers, and the shoulder patches off this thing, I think when I was a kid I had a t-shirt that looked like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I might have had the same one. But, yeah, I'm just 
Nick. Also, I just think like the the now, I'm not a fan of like the word, you know the the word or the letters as a logo, right? Just because it's like we we know where you're from. We yeah. know you play in Chicago. We're aware. You know that's that's the same thing. You know with the with the Vancouver Canucks when they change their jersey. Oh, finally, you know we're not reminded that they play in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And so I look at this and I'm like, it's I understand. With Chicago, it's really hard because their logo, historically and even now, is extremely problematic. So I understand why they have sort of a small sort of room to operate in. I I, I get it, but I don't know. I feel like there's so much more that could have been done. Like they could have – why – and maybe we're getting too far into the weeds, but you know the, the really cool shoulder patch they have, sort of that tomahawk kind of look, mm-hmm. when's that becoming a crest? Hey, now. Or even the – you know, the and you've I'm sure you've seen it floated out on the internet, but the black hawk. It's actually a black hawk. Oh, yep. Why not something like that? Yeah. Again, just not a big fan of word marks. You know, it's kind of like the, the Rangers for me own the patent on that one. Well uh, and these and if you can you zoom out to the full one a little bit? Uh yeah. Yeah, so okay, you put some number this reminds me of like the Dallas Stars <laughs> the penal home... colony one. <laughs> yeah, the home and away jerseys from like the early twenty tens where it's like, Oh, oh, you know, uh why are you wearing your, your penitentiary uniform to a hockey game? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh let's move on to Colorado, who I mean, for Beautiful. all intents and purposes, dude, like blew everybody out of the water with, with the design uh they... first go around. So, yeah, and that's the thing with similar to Buffalo when we're talking about 1.0, they understood the assignment. Oh, did they? I don't know that they understood the assignment the second time around. <laughs> but dude, for most people, this was tops from last mm-hmm. from from the first go around, mm-hmm. and now this one no. And again, uh, we're gonna get into it. But I, f- as much as Detroit and Chicago must have had some sort of firewall between them. Uh, I would say the same for Colorado and New Jersey, and you'll see why in a little bit. But for this one, Colorado Avalanche, the Stanley Cup champions, honor their inaugural and first Stanley Cup championship season, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Honor their inaugural season by paying homage to their state. I don't know what the hell that has to do with their uh, state, but the center sea crest derived from the state flag and the angled yep. stripes mimic the Rocky Mountains. Dude, I'm so tired of this C logo, and I, it probably has to do with the fact that I that they replaced like my favorite Colorado, the Yeti foot, with that damn mm-hmm. C. Well, so here's so so let me hopefully break it down for you a little bit. I'm I actually don't agree with you on saying that they didn't understand the assignment this time around. I actually think they understood it again. Mm. And again, is that my favorite design? No, but it's nice. It's a nice design. Maybe you know, if it's... they invert the the blue with the white, maybe I like it sure. a little bit more. But but there's a there's a couple things at play here. Number one, as you read from the graphic, you know the logo on front that is from the state flag. I agree with you. It's an ugly logo, but it's sort of paying homage to to Colorado, and I support it. And the design, you know, uh, the sort of the striping on the arms and the shoulders and the waist, that's pulled pretty much directly from their first uh, their first set of jerseys, that pattern, you know. So I respect that they're kind of paying homage to the first sort of set of jerseys that they wore. But also the color scheme, it pulls from the color scheme of the uh, the Colorado Rockies professional hockey team, which 
was not in the NHL for very long. But again, you're paying homage to the history of professional hockey in the state of Colorado, which again, I support it. So I just, I actually quite like this, the inspiration for this design. Like if I'm grading it a plus, the the design itself, I'll give you, I'll give you a B minus, but dude, I just look at that state logo and all I can see is Pac-Man choking on a jawbreaker. That's That's what, that's what it looks like to me. Um, yeah, let's move on. I support your right to feel that way. Columbus. I felt like they understood understood the assignment the first go around in a big way. Yep, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, totally love the fact that they use the old CB logo with the stick down the middle. Uh, this go around, no, this is a step back for me. Uh, the black body accented with navy stripes along the sleeves honors the Blue Jackets' original third jersey while tying it. In light blue from the team's current third jersey, the original third jersey was the first display of the current Blue Jackets logo inspired by the Ohio State flag. Uh, I got to be honest, dude, to me, the, if, if for any of you that are old enough or can remember when Starter did a run of like every team in black and called it a fashion series and whatnot, that's exactly what this looks like. So, Step back for me. Yeah, I I think it is a step back as well, but it's not a very large step back. I mean, I think, again, their inspiration, I think, is bang on. It's a nice sort of play on what they've done historically. But, you know, the design, it it just it kind of looks like and maybe it's because, you know, the blue that's featured here is not the blue that was featured back in 2003. Mm -hmm. But it just kind of it looks to me like a not like a DH gate jersey that the (laughs) color is ever so slightly off on. Like, ah, uh, good point. I'd be curious to, because like, and 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 the graphic said, you know, it features the blue from the current alternate jersey, which is more of that lighter blue sort of style. I wonder what this jersey would look like with the true navy blue from that 2003 jersey. Yeah. Oh, and le- le- you know what, Christine? God, Christine should just be running the chat right now. Um, she makes a note that says the jersey it makes her body look distorted. Can we find a model that isn't a waif? Like this particular girl that's modeling this and watch in every one of these, she's wearing a Jersey that's clearly like two sizes too big for her. So it's definitely not flattering. That's something, um, that I wanted to cover towards the end. But yeah, since Christine pointed it out, it's the jerseys are ridiculously like we couldn't have found models that were, I don't know, a bit more sturdy. (laughs) Dear Lord. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't think that's a considering. I don't think that should be a considering factor. I think the it whole just thing looks would, silly. Is at least at least get them the right size one. I mean, I guess yeah, but the the whole thing, the whole idea with jerseys is that it's like it's supposed to be big. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, but the, and maybe this Columbus one isn't great, but we'll we'll go into some other ones. Holy crap, do they look silly? And of course, it's the the tried and true thing of a yeah let's give everybody a hoodie to wear under it because that's how everybody wears their hockey jersey whatever dallas oh boy this i feel like this could be um something to get into i really liked dallas's 1.0 go around i love it i love the like had they made the arms and the bottom part you know black to really make the star stand out more Mm-hmm. To me, that would have been the better play. But when you look at it top to bottom where they're wearing white breezers and white, like everything's white, white, white. Like I was like, you know, kind of a crisp book. I get it. 
this go around could be a little controversial, but the Stars modernized the team's inaugural season uniform with its current color palette. The Stars word and logo blend into one as the shoulder patches include images of the state of Texas with the D marking the location of Dallas. Uh, I do think that is a great secondary logo on those shoulder patches. I mm-hmm. I love this logo. I always have. I always thought it like worked really well. I just go back to the whole thing of you had that star jersey that was one of the coolest jer- that they used it for the All Star game right back in the nineties. Correct, dude. Just such a great like. I don't understand how you don't go back to that. But how about you? Because to me, this is. I think this is lateral. Like, I don't love it more than the other one, but I don't hate it more than the other one. I actually think this is a step up because on the 1.0 jerseys, I, again, you're going to hear me talk about this a lot. The execution, the inspiration, I thought was 100%. They, they hit it, right? You take that 1999 uh, home jersey and you sort of, you put the, the current shade of green on there and you sort of do the different look. I respect the inspiration, but I I didn't like the design itself. I actually thought it was quite ugly. So then you go to 2.0, and they once again have hit well with the you know the inspiration element of it. You know they they take their uh, their home, their away jersey from 1993, and they sort of you know bring in the modern green, and they sort of flip around a couple of the colors. So. They hit on the inspiration again. They're probably one of the few teams that have got 100% on the inspiration both times. But the design itself, this is a much better design than 1.0. I think it's a step forward. Okay. Uh, you know, the other thing that I'm kind of seeing, uh, or I guess noticing more here, um, again, oversized jersey. <laughs> Could have been a size smaller. But the NHL logo, like I, f- like I get what they were trying to do. You know, the orange, give it more of a retro feel. But the chrome one from the first round was, it kind of blended with everybody, where the orange one, sometimes it works and sometimes it really clashes. And it makes me wonder, should the teams have been allowed to use their color? Like, I think that would look kind of sharp if instead of orange, it was the same green that they're using. It's an interesting thought, and I actually do support that. I think that would look really cool, but I also like, you know, fully steering into the retro style and having, you know, the pre-2005 NHL logo there. I, I I think that's a nice touch, even if it maybe doesn't fit perfectly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. Detroit has no idea what, I mean, just stop already. Just maybe stop making jerseys. Yeah, they missed the mark both times. Holy crap. I mean, 1.0, it was like, okay, let's just take our white one and let's throw some duct tape on it. Sure. Second go around, oh boy, not much better. The new to the Red Wings uniform, a black trim accent runs along the jersey pants and socks and gloves and helmet for a seamless look. The jersey honors Detroit's 1991 NHL 75th anniversary jersey with a Detroit word mark inspired by the 1920 Detroit Cougars jersey. I will say... Have you seen this um, on social media where they show it top to bottom, where it's like no. it's very much like the Sharks, where it's red pants, red socks, red oh, lid, wow. red gloves, everything's red. And in that regard, it actually kind of pops. But on its own, and this is, you know, last time I looked, when you go, jerk, to go buy a jersey, you're not also looking to buy the pants and the lid and the gloves and the everything. You just want the jersey. 
Mm-hmm. So on its own, I kind of go, ooh. But fully done, it actually kind of looks not too shabby. Yeah, you know, I, I I give them I give them props for trying to be more creative than 1.0. You know, I, I think that's very obvious that they at least tried to be more creative. But I don't know. I I, I respect the inspiration, but this is a I don't know. I just don't like this execution whatsoever. I mean, it first of all, it looks exactly like the Chicago jersey. <laughs> right, but, right. You know, dude, sh- the, can I copy your homework? Yeah, just make it look a little different. Well, and you know what? The Detroit Red Wings jersey, it's there's a reason why it's the, their current home jersey. There's a reason why it's been unchanged since 1937, and that's because it's iconic. It's a beautiful jersey. And so I understand based on that fact the bar is kind of high for anything new you produce, but and we've talked about this I don't know how many times, but I look at their 2016 Stadium Series jersey, I look at their 2017 Centennial Classic jersey. Those were both awesome jerseys that found a way to live in the same atmosphere as their current home jersey that's been around for 80 years. Why not bring one of those back and do a little tweaking with there or, you know, why not really steer into the mental insanity and let's do like a black Red Wings jersey? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm down for it. Uh, Edmonton. This is always interesting. <laughs> Their 1.0 was not my favorite, but it wasn't bad. I, I, yeah. I was like, well, to, again, you know what? To me, I go, I, like I looked at this and I'm like, this isn't already their jersey? Like, right. Y- you know, it just it looked so not off the beaten path. Like it's, yeah. Like how does this not exist already? Uh, so for the first go around, I thought Edmonton did a fine job. Like they didn't, they, they didn't piss me off, but they didn't hit it out of the park. I was just kind of like, yeah, looks good looking Jersey. Yeah. Uh, second go around. A lot of people were very happy. Uh, the Oilers first third Jersey assumes a modern orange and Navy twist front and center is the oil drop or what other people refer to as something different. Surrounded by a dynamic gear with each bolt hub representing one of the team's five Stanley Cup championships. Uh, I believe this is uh, what uh, McFarlane designed this logo. Um, yeah, and they wore, and they didn't wear this jersey for very long either. It was only from 01 to 07. The, the jersey that this one is inspired from, I should say. All right. And see, and I got to tell you, this kind of, pro- or I don't want to say prove, but uh, accents my point about when the shield matches a color on the jersey, that shield kind of pops more. Sure, so that's fair. So that's the one thing I dig about this. But on this one, I gotta tell you, I like the original one better. I like the one without the orange. I agree. I like the original one better, but I love, again, doing something different. Because like you said, like they the, the Oilers, you know, in the, in the last 15 years, you know, they've had, you know, if you count home away in third Jersey, you know, they've had about 18 had different about seven, ones in the last yeah, couple of years. A, they've, they've had about seven or eight jerseys that are largely based on the same sort of style. Mm-hmm. And so to bring this one back, even though the I think the the original, the inspiration is better than the reverse retro 2.0. But I dig them sort of digging deep into the closet for something that they have only wear, worn for a small portion of their history and i really dig just the sort of attempt to finally do something different the other thing i want to give taps to edmonton for is that it seemed like they were one of the few teams that listened after 1.0 to what their fans wanted 
Yep. Because I felt like a lot of fans were screaming for this. So credit to them for that. Um, mm-hmm. Let's move on to, oh, baby. This one is the number one D- contender oh. for me. Oh, for, yeah. No, it's 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 absolutely my number one. But the thing is, you talk about what we said earlier, like with Buffalo, Florida understood the assignment. Yep. And, oh, like we, you remember when 1.0 first came around, I think this was the Florida was in our top five for the first go around. Yep. And, and what's funny is at first it was a little bit of a slow burn for me, but the more I looked at it, I went, God damn, they did that really well. The second go around for 2.0, oh baby, a triple. Once on the shoulder of the 98 jersey, the iconic sun, palm tree, and stick logo was moved to center stage of the Panthers' 2022 jersey. The light blue color was derived from the team's 09 third jersey and is paired with the current primary colors of navy, yellow, and red. If the Panthers are smart, this becomes their permanent alternate jersey. And they wear it about 20 times a year. So (laughs) remember how for Chicago, I had said that they did a really bad job the first time around and then somehow found a way to do it even worse. (laughs) Florida did the exact opposite. Florida did the exact opposite. Florida's 1.0 jersey was at the very top of my list. And then they said, basically said, oh, you like that? Well, watch this. (laughs) And they brought out for 2.0 another jersey that's at the top of my list just because like – Using, you know, that that shade uh, of red and blue um, that's, you know, and, and the I guess you maybe you could call it like a burnt orange, maybe or a yellowish, you know, well, yellowish the sun. Orange. Yeah, it's yeah, San Jose street light color. Um, <laughs> you know, that kind of calls back to the Florida Panthers of the 1990s, which I think is some of their best work in terms of jerseys. And then, you know, you splash in sort of the baby blue. You get the palm tree hockey stick logo there on front. I think this is probably as close to a perfect jersey that you can get. And one of the things that I've talked about specifically with third jerseys is you see a lot of teams whose third jersey is the same color or the same basic design as their primary jersey. Yeah. This is not that. <laughs> so I, you saying this needs to be the full-time third jersey you know the Florida Panthers have not had a third jersey since 2012. I support it 100. percent Yeah, this. I mean, oh my god, dude. And and the thing is, who who was it that the Oof. Florida Panthers had? Uh, was it Ekblad? They had like prof- professional photos of him rocking one of these, like on a on a boat. Yeah, they had a couple of guys. I know Radko Gudis was there. I know Sasha Barkov was there, and hell of a photo shoot, by the way. Oh, dude! But and yeah. here's here's the thing that, that kind of pisses me off is that you look at all the photos that came out from Adidas that we're going through. Every team that I saw that posted their own photos all used made in Canada versions. Mm-hmm. That's not cool to me. Like, why are you posting something that isn't available to buy? F you. Uh, Let's move on. L.A. Another team that I think I would put up there with Florida and Buffalo, as in they understood the assignment. Yep, I agree. 1.0. Again, purple needs to be in the NHL. A scotch more. They killed it last time with what jerk liked to call the, uh, the Frankensteining. 
mm-hmm. was perfect. Loved this jersey, and they said, like you, like you mentioned earlier, oh, you like that one? Try this on for size, dude. This king's yeah. honor. The '82 uniform celebrating one of the greatest NHL comebacks ever. The miracle on Manchester. This white jersey features purple and gold trim, royal crown crest sewn with raised gems, and a satin stitch embroidery. I mean, oh baby. Yeah, uh, and you know what? So this time around, you know, they didn't really get into the Frankensteining all that much. You know, obviously with one, you know, with 1.0, they took their... Uh, they, you know, they took their 80s, 60s, 70s, and 80s color scheme and they threw it onto their 90s jerseys, which I support 100%. This one, they didn't really get into the Frankensteining all that much. It's more so just their jersey from the 80s in white. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's a solid <laughs> Should take. Should have been purple. <laughs> it's still a solid take. Like, I, I really enjoy It's not a full Frankenstein, but it's something new that we've not seen before. And as you talked about, m- the NHL needs more purple. Sure. And so I think, again, you're sensing a theme here. You know, Buffalo, you mentioned it. Florida, you mentioned it. Colorado, you mentioned it. Hit it out of the park on 1.0. And then when it came to 2.0, they did not shrink at doing it again. Oh, they dude. It was hit it out of the, park again. the first go around, they hit the bullseye. And with the second go around, the dart hit the same dart. Yep. 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 Uh, but I do have. Um, couple things to say just to go back to Florida for a second uh you know Christmas is coming up I have one f- word for you when I look at this balsers <laughs> oh baby <laughs> all right let's move on to Minnesota who did not understand the assignment whatsoever <laughs> I don't know all right hold on here's the first one Let's, you know, the, all I can think of is, uh, you know, $5 foot long. Oh my gosh. Uh, now Minnesota said, yeah, okay. You like that so much. What if we, inv- what if we reverse our reverse? <laughs> hey, you know, some may say that that's a four dimensional chess play. Uh, all right. All right. And, and you know what? Maybe there were a lot of fans that on the first go around said, oh, I'd love it more if it was green. I guess. I don't know. What if it was green? <laughs> yeah. 78 North Stars jersey colors meet the modern wild crest in Minnesota's New Jersey and the star, or with the star and trees of the crest featuring raised dimensional treatments. Uh, you know, that's the big thing when they switched over to the prime green stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm, I don't know. I, again, I want to order a submarine sandwich when I look at this. So with this. And the, and the shield really stands out like a sore thumb. Sure. Now, I, I, I like, uh, you know, paying homage to, again, similar to Colorado did, paying homage to the history of professional hockey in their home market. I support it. Obviously, 1.0 was North Stars inspired. 2.0 is North Stars inspired. I support it. But there's sort of a debate in sports, and, and obviously you'll know where I'm going with this, but it's the idea that if a team relocates, you know, does the franchise history does it does it travel with the franchise or does it belong to the city? And you know we've seen kind of both sides of the coin, right? Where uh, I believe it was the Cleveland Browns became the Baltimore Ravens, mm-hmm. and all of the Cleveland Browns historical records stayed behind in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Whereas you've seen you know Winnipeg Jets 1.0 records are in Arizona. 
and Atlanta Thrasher's records are in Winnipeg, and Winnipeg 2.0 is somewhere out there as well. So you've kind of seen both sides of the coins. And with this, because the NHL does not believe that the history belongs to the city, I think it's a bit troubling that Minnesota is using a color scheme that belonged to a, a different franchise that still exists. Yeah, I think that's a yeah, that's a boner move. If I mean, we don't know if the Minnesota franchise reached out to the NHL and said, "Hey, can we get permission to do this?" and the NHL were like, "No." Or or if they reached out to whoever the powers that control all of this and say, "Hey, we want to do a North Stars thing. Let us use that logo." And if they said, "Nah," then yeah, it's kind of a kind of a dick move. I do want to say though, going back to my original point about the uh, shield, this would it would pop more if that logo instead of being orange was the same yellow. You know, that's fair. That would and, so pop. And, and you know, it is it is worth putting out there. Usually, when um, when a team relocates to another city, the NHL will purchase. Uh, the intellectual property of the former team. So all of the Minnesota North Stars logos, colors, all the IP is actually owned by the NHL, which is why I think they were allowed to do this. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. The the one exception to that rule is that part of the Thrashers moving to Winnipeg was that Winnipeg actually purchased all of the Jets 1.0 IP. Ah, so gotcha. that's kind of the exception to the rule. But usually defunct teams, the NHL will buy the IP or the trademark to the IP. The one thing I will say about this jersey, though, is that I do really like the three-dimensional aspects of the crest. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think that kind of pops. But overall, I just, I don't know, bland on both ends for me. Montreal. You remember the first one, which I was like, oh, my God, they just flipped these two colors. And but, but Again, a jersey that hasn't changed much in, like, my entire life. Boring, but not bad, was uh, 1.0. Uh, yeah, uh, a second time around, boring, boring but better. But not be- oh, okay. <laughs> boring well, yeah. but slightly better because, you yes. know, it's uh, the Canadian 79 uniform from when the team won its 22nd Stanley Cup title comes back to life and a new shade of light blue inspired by the city's Montreal, uh, the city of Montreal's colors. And let's be honest, uh, very much kind of a nod to the Expos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I support it. Yeah. Um, Again, oversized jersey on the model, and if that uh, if the shield is white, oh, that pops. Yeah, I actually like this better than their 1.0, but it's yeah. it that wasn't that hard to do. <laughs> yeah, you are you are correct <laughs> beyond a shadow of a doubt. Nashville, I mean, uh... <laughs> like the first go around, I was just kind of like, you know, not bad. Like I like that better than their actual current jersey. Yeah, it's it's ugly. Their 1.0 is ugly, but I support it. Yeah, like I thought it was good. Nashville, you done fucked up. Yeah, it looks like the current jersey with the old the crest. old the old crest, which maybe, you know, on some level I guess you could say that does apply because the jersey that did have that logo, it was more of a Dijon mustard color. Yeah, so it's it this uniform will feature Predators gold from head to toe. Oh, so this is another one that's going to get the head to toe treatment including helmet, pant and socks complemented by navy and silver accents. The jersey brings back the famed Pred head crest from the team's 01 original third jersey. Uh, again, I look at this and I'm going, all you had to do was flip the navy and the gold and this would have been 20 times better. 
yeah, that's it's a choice for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like especially when your first one was. All, I mean, I get it. They're all in on gold. We get it. Yeah, but again, going back to what we said before, if you you know retro reverse third jersey heritage jersey whatever terminology you want to use it should be a color that's a stark contrast from your current home jersey Mm -hmm. this is not that they wore a beautiful uh navy blue and black ish and white jersey in (sighs) 2010 i love that why not slap the make a white uh, version of that yeah yeah why not slap like the i guess you could call this the leaping you know, Sabretooth, why not put that logo on their 2010 navy blue jersey? I mean, again, that would sort of check the boxes of doing something that's different than your home jersey. Yeah, it's, it's, dude, we get it. You're into gold, but, like, change it up once in a while. Yeah. Ugh. Nashville, you continue to, uh, never mind. Whelm. Yeah, New Jersey. Uh, I feel like they understood the assignment the first time around. Yep, I agree. The second one, debatable. <laughs> you know what's quite quite interesting about this New Jersey one? So Colo- the Colorado Avalanche played, paid homage to the Colorado Rockies because of obviously pro hockey in Colorado. Yeah, and you, then it says do- the, the Jersey's description for, for the devil says paying homage to the team's past as the Colorado Rockies. Exactly. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting to see two teams pay homage in some fashion to the same team. And so this was my point that I was making earlier where it was like, Clearly, Detroit and Chicago didn't talk to each other. Clearly, Colorado and New Jersey didn't talk to each other. Here's the thing, though. I'm Again, we, you, you've heard me say this a lot. I'm not a fan of this design, but I support the inspiration. Okay. Uh, Islanders. Again, I go back. When I saw the Islanders uh, round one. They did one, not understand the assignment. Dude, well, to me, I, I go back to just like Edmonton. Like I'm like, wait, this isn't already one of their jerseys? No, but that's the thing. It quite, it quite literally was. Yeah. Like, see, this is what I'm saying. So, yeah, you're not it, it, understanding it. Like, this yeah, needs to how, be off the beaten path. It needs to be like, whoa, that's different. Yeah. So, like, you can you could slice it one of two ways. You could say, like, you could say that their 1.0 was their 2010 to current home jersey in a darker blue, or you could say it's their 1998 to 2007 home jersey in the Adidas version. And you would be correct in both situations. <laughs> like, literally the least amount of work went into their 1.0 jersey. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say, I Detroit might have you, said, hold my beer, but go ahead. No, but, but, but here's the thing. And while I understand where you're going with that, Detroit's jersey, it's still a never – their 1.0, still a jersey that's never been seen ah, before. Gotcha. I guarantee you, you go into the, the team lounge – uh, at 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 the the Islanders Arena, or maybe they have some kind of Wall of Fame or something. I guarantee you, the 1998 <laughs> to 2007 version of this jersey is on the wall, and they've looked at it and they're like, "Oh shit! Like, man, we Let's really do like that." that. Again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 2.0. We get the return of the fisherman that every now I'll I'll huge. I was gonna say again. I go back to the idea of just like Edmonton, they listen to their fans. Yep. 
And so the Islanders ring in their 50th season with an ode to their 95 uniform. The Fisherman returns on the center crest with raised embroidery details of the Fisherman hat, beard, and hands with teal accents in the waves. The head-to-toe navy color scheme is complemented by orange and white angled trim. So it sounds like the when the Islanders rock this, again, we, we seem to see NHL teams embracing the color rush idea. Where it's just mm-hmm. we're gonna pick a color and we're gonna f- just wear the crap out of it head to toe. A um, lot of people lo- loved the return of this logo. I'm I'm kind of there. I'm like, yeah, I I can see this. But the thing that I think they fucked up on is how do you not put lighthouse patches on the shoulders of this? Yeah, I agree with that. I with this one. So as you said, they listen to the fans for one. Uh, for two, you know they. Like the step forward from 1.0 to 2.0 was taken with like an explosive trampoline. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was a huge, huge step forward, huge. But also going back to what we like to see with these jerseys is the Frankenstein style. They take their 1997, or I'm sorry, their 1995 to 1998. Uh, I'm sorry. 95 to 97 theme mm-hmm. and they mix it together with the 98 to 2010 colors. Got it. And I support that because we love the Frankenstein jerseys. I think, I don't think it's a coincidence that in 1.0 and in 2.0, our favorites are all the ones that were Frankenstein to a degree. Oh, you're right. I don't think that's a coincidence. And the Islanders, I got to say, it's another one that that dimensional stitching on the crest really makes shit pop. Yep. Man, that is such a huge, huge. Huge. All right. The Rangers, uh, for the most part, I thought, understood the assignment the first time. I disagree 100%. Well, I mean. (sighs) It's retro, but it's not reversed. Okay. Yeah. It's similar. It's similar to the Calgary 1.0, where it's an old jersey. They tweaked the stripes on the sleeves and they called it a day. Yeah, and I got to say that you know the like this almost like, like why did you even bother with sleeve stripes? I mean they're they're so meh. Uh, yeah. But I think it was it's, just the fact of every a lot of fans wanted to see the return of Lady Liberty. So for that, I'll give them props, and I would give them props that they brought it back a second time around, and this time. I feel like they, you know, a, a lot of fans said, man, 1.0, if you just would have done this and then New York went, oh, okay, we'll do that. We'll see. And so this one. <laughs> like the, to me, this is way better than the first one. I agree. This one is a million times better because just if for no other reason, it's because it is reversed and retro. Hey, now, uh, the that lady said I would have dug and, and, you know, they only wore it for a short amount of time. But from 76 to 78, they wore sort of a jersey with like a, you know, the blue color with like a white stripe on the bottom and white on the arms and sleeves. I would have liked that to make a comeback just because similar to the Red Wings it and the jersey and the Montreal Canadiens, the jersey is largely unchanged, you know, decade to decade. Why not, you know, get a little wild, you know? <laughs> Let's see. And I'll tell you on this one. Um, well, let me give the description first. Lady Liberty jersey returns in the Rangers' present color palette. Shoulder patches and crests tie back to the original jersey, while white and silver details create a glistening appearance around the historic New York statue. Um, I'm, and I'm, I'm good with all that. I'm sure in person, 
that dimensional threading and everything really makes that logo jump. But I look at this and I'm like, okay, big time uh, upgrade over 1.0. But I was kind of like, you know what I think would have hit harder is if you essentially invert all the colors that you use, like make the blue that you have here white, make the red that you have here the original blue, and make the stripes red. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Would it be sacrilege if the Rangers had a red jersey? No, and that's been brought up before too. Uh, in fact, there when we talked earlier about the Starter Fashion Series, Starter did a red version of this. There it's, you go. It's very difficult to find, but it looks awesome. To me, that's the play. Yeah. Well, see, and I think I would have liked this. I mean, I, I'm totally down with the with the red version. I would like to see this a white version of this. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, white with blue sleeves and red stripes. But moving on, yeah, it's a good logo. All right, Ottawa. Now, I like their first go around. I liked it, but they did not understand the assignment. No. Uh, With the 2006 Centurion primary logo on the shoulder patches and the current primary logo on the crest, booyah, the Senator's jersey fuses eras to celebrate the uniform of their historic historic 06-07 run to the final when Eric Carlson was... No, that doesn't say in there. Uh, the original version of the jersey was the team's first third in 97, which featured less curved stripes and adornments this to me is a bit of a frankenstein because i if i totally is yeah if i remember correctly that number font did not go with this jersey um i believe the number font with went with the jersey that had like the those little i don't even know what that what that what those leaves are the gold thing that makes up half the circle it actually goes along the bottom of the crest or the bottom of the jersey around the waist yeah, you know what? I, I this this is an interesting jersey for me. So and I'm just dis- I'm not a fan of that number font. <laughs> well, see, I like the number. F- oh, okay. I I like the number font just because it's different, right? Mm-hmm. And I like the design of the jersey because, as you said, it's paying homage to you know w- the year they went to the Stanley Cup final, which I support that. But I think I and I like this jersey. Don't get me wrong. I think it's better than 1.0. I think I would like it a lot more if their current home jersey wasn't also black. Uh, oh, good point, good point. You think but they maybe then, should have went red again? But then here's the problem. It's kind oh, of a sort of a sort like, of a cat, yeah, you know, six much. in one hand, half a dozen in the other where if it's red, then it's not reversed. It's just a retro jersey. You know what I mean? Mhm. So they kind of had a small sort of window to operate in and you know they've they've done three versions of the barber pole with the o on front so you know <laughs> they can only do that one so many times you know true to so, that. so and I, I i don't know i don't know i you know what i would have liked to have seen a uh, an inversion of the o jersey my favorite jersey Uh-oh. there's three of them though oh well fuck do another one then <laughs> <laughs> you know like they could literally have a full uniform kit with just those jerseys hell yeah but this, i don't know this one I like it. I, I like, like it a lot. More. I, I, if, to me, it's a step back. I like the first one better. Okay, and I and I respect that. But isn't the first, isn't the first their one just not just like a reverse of their current home jersey? I don't care. Like what? Like <laughs> it's reverse, but not retro. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't care. I'm just, again. I go back to which one would I buy? I'd buy that first one. That's fair. Um, 
Philly, here's another one where I sit there and go, I abstain from the exercise. It Their 1.0 was ugly, but the inspiration, I think they hit it out of the park. No, okay. Um, for this one, I, I'd, I'd go second generation with Philly on this. Uh, revisiting their years as repeat cup champions, 73-74, 74-75. The Flyers jersey is nearly all white with black and orange accents. Features a thin black outline surrounding the crest to match the one worn in 1974. Uh, again, this is another one where I kind of look at it and I go, they didn't already wear this before? <laughs> it does look very similar. I, I feel to, that way about just every Philly jer- jersey. Yeah, it, it, it does. Yeah, and and as I said on our one point, <laughs> they show, are they you know, are consistent. Yeah, every jersey Philly's ever worn is ugly. But <laughs> do they have with, a secondary logo? <laughs> no, <laughs> <They're> se- <laughs> dude. The secondary logo is their current logo in different like colors. Oh Jesus Christ! And and you know what? The the one redeeming quality which. I don't. I think this is a lateral move for me compared to 1.0. But the one redeeming quality here is that it has more black. Yeah, and I and I think with the contrast of the white, I think it pops. But th- I tell you though, if you stare at that Phil- Flyers logo long enough, you almost sit there and go, "Is <laughs> did you punch in like Detroit Red Wings logo and AI tried to draw it, and that's what they came <laughs> up with?" <sighs> eh, you know, not 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 one that stands out for me. Pittsburgh. All right. I'm not. We love their 1.0. Really? See, I'm not a big fan of it. I think it's really bland. But again, I'm one of those people where I don't like ward marks on jerseys unless That's it's, fair. you know, like that to me that, like I said, I think the Rangers own the copyright on that. I don't like seeing other teams do it. I think it, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the Barracuda black jerseys with that f- because of that reason. Um, so, you, the one thing I like about their 1.0, and we've said it a lot, it's reverse and it's retro. Sure. You know, they understood the assignment. <laughs> and I don't like any of those jerseys. <laughs> sure. So. And that's fair. I support that. All right. So, Pittsburgh, again, listen to the fans like Edmonton did, like New York did. Boom. Robo Penguin back in the house. The streamed line Penguins jersey worn by Mario and Yager. Throughout most of their 90s run together, resurfaces with the additional gold and white stripe accents on the sleeve. The penguin crest has dimensional embroidery, raising the shadow of the penguin head and wings. The only thing, of course, missing from this is that horizontal gradient. But somebody posted on social media that I believe Starter did exactly this back in the 90s as a fashion jersey. So... Uh, I, I thought that was kind of funny, but uh, no, the this huge step forward from the last one for Pittsburgh, in my opinion. I think so. I think like comparing the jerseys individually, 1.0 and 2.0, I like them both. Comparing them on their own, I like them both. However, <clears throat> I am of the belief Robo Penguin is top five hockey logos of all time. I'll give you that. I co- co-sign. So- to bring Robo Penguin back, like you said, they listen to the fans. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. This they this li- needs to be the permanent third jersey. Right. They listen to the fans, and they brought it back. And you know what? The Penguins, you know, they they brought back Robo Penguin, which I love. Here's my complaint, and it's a very teeny tiny complaint. The their home jersey is black, with the Pittsburgh gold. 
Their third jersey is black with the Pittsburgh gold. Their reverse retro 2.0, black mm. with Pittsburgh gold. Now, all three have different logos, and they're all unique and interesting in their own way, Robo Penguin obviously being the cream of the crop. But black with the Pittsburgh gold accents, we've seen it before. And I know you're going to have – we're going to have to call an ambulance for you after I say this, but, you know, the baby blue – is rooted heavily in Pittsburgh Penguins history. And I know it's not everybody's favorite, but I think if they really wanted to melt a lot of people's brains, Robo Penguin in the baby blue style, I think would have been a number one seller for 2.0. What about if they use, instead of this bright yellow, if they use that gold from like the previous Penguins jerseys from like, you know, the 2016 Stanley Cup? It's a different take, which I, I understand where you're going with that. However, the reason that Pittsburgh switched from that gold to Pittsburgh gold is because that gold is actually the swatch official swatch name oh. is Vegas gold. Oh crap. Okay. And so the the reason why Pittsburgh switched was to accommodate Vegas. And so, you know, nobody wants to accommodate Vegas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I Fuck them I still say, you know, baby blue and even navy blue, either one. It it I mean it was it's been rooted in Penguins history for you know from sixty seven to nineteen eighty. Yeah, I'm picking that up. We got a, a baby blue Robo Penguin. I think we need Puck Guy to whip that up just to say that it's out there because <laughs> I think I think that should have been their play. That said, step forward for me just because Robo Penguin is one of the best logos of all time. All right. Oh, here we fucking go. Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, San Jose. Now. I liked the 1.0. I liked Me it a lot. And I think one of the reasons why I liked it so much is that it was, uh, you know, it's got the original logo, of course, which I love. It's a nod to possibly, I know a lot of people love the first jersey. Don't get me wrong. I love the, the OG 91-96 era Sharks jersey. But mm-hmm. the second generation jersey. Was all I think was always my favorite, you know. Owen Nolan, Mike Ricci, the Vinnie Damfus, that 2000 team that that destroyed Chris Pronger in a President's Trophy winning St. Louis Blues team. Love that jersey, so I think that's one of the reasons why I really loved this. However, I've always wondered, and I've never gotten a straight answer. I've always wondered, did the Sharks go this route? because 1.0 happened to fall the same year that they were doing their 30th anniversary, so they already had a Heritage jersey. You know, like, makes me wonder if they would have done, like, a black version of the Heritage jersey or a gray. It's certainly possible. I mean, I, I, you know, it's certainly possible that was a consideration, but but I do know this, you know, not not to, you know, I don't want to give too much inside baseball, but, you know, we know, me and you, we know that this jersey design had been in the can since mid-2019. Mm-hmm. We know that it was in the can since then. We know that at that time, the Sharks were interested in exploring um, using more gray, which is why I believe around that time, and obviously Eric Landy could confirm that because he actually received this email, but they had sent out a survey about jerseys and what colors that the fans wanted to see going forward. And, and, you know, I know at that time, like I said, mid 2019, there was a, a, a strong debate on whether or not to make gray more of a focal point. 
but also this jersey was was in the hopper for a while. And so is it possible that that decision was made because they knew it was going to be during the 30th season when they would bring back the OG Heritage? I mean, it's certainly possible, mm-hmm. but... I, I will say, though, when I look at this, I, I do love it. I'm wearing one right now. But mm-hmm. I will say, man, if you invert the black and the gray, I think it would explode. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I don't know. I just think it maybe it was a consideration, but it's also worth mentioning that this jersey, you know, again, it, it dropped in, I believe, January 2021 is when the first time they wore it, and it was in the hopper long before that. Yeah. So, oh, dear Lord. Again, way oversized. Can we get the model a jersey that fits uh the typography and colors of the 1974 california golden seals the bay area's first nhl team merged with the new sharks wordmark i mean we broke this news i don't know how long ago that this is what was going to be coming down the pipe long before fanatics fucked up (laughs) well this was the well and we you know kind of had one ear to the ground on this one because this was actually the rumored 1.0 for a minute yeah I mean, we like again. We knew since about mid 2019 what the 1.0 was gonna maybe look like, but there were a lot of whispers about this design as well. Uh, and again, this is another one, or this is another instance of a team listening to fan outcry. Mm-hmm. A lot of fans were asking for one of these. Again, I don't like word marks, and I think if you, I think this jersey hits hot if you flip the teal and the white. Yeah, that's so I actually I showed this to my fiance and she said the exact same thing. She said that, well, she has an interesting way of describing things. I showed it to her and she said it was embarrassing, Oh, um, which I don't know that I agree with that. I think that's a bit extreme, but I do agree with you. I agree with her. I agree with a lot of people. I think I don't know. I think it would have been cool to see, again, a, a, a teal version as opposed to a white version. But again, goes back to what I said before. If you're if you have a alternate jersey with that's a similar color to your home jersey, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. Well, and I Tyga pointing out something that I that I actually <laughs> now that Tyga points it out, I'm like, yeah, that's a great fucking point. As he says, it's hilarious how many non Sharks fans really love this jersey, and I'm thinking, yeah, and the opposite is true. I know a lot of Sharks fans that looked at this and said, yeah, this might be the only Sharks jersey I don't buy. Here's so here's what I'm wondering, and this goes back. This is another question I have for you. So obviously, you know the California Seals, Oakland Seals, whatever you want to refer to them as. You know, before they wore, before the Seals wore the teal jersey that has the white and the yellow accenting to it, they wore a green jersey that has yellow accenting to it. Now, my question for you, and for anybody who's curious, that, you can look it up on the internet. You're talking about one that is very similar, to like if the Oakland A's played hockey, right? Yeah, so what my question for you is, say the Golden Seals jersey from 73 to 74, the green primary with the yellow accents, but you make that Seals font say Sharks, is it sacrilege for the Sharks to wear a color that's not teal? Yes. Okay, yeah. and that's fair. Again, maybe we'll need Puck Guy to whip that up and see what that looks like, but I... Yeah, I, I wouldn't have... I would... See, I think this... I don't want to say hit, it would like be a hit out of the park, but I think it would hit harder if you actually took like the golden seals crest versus a word mark. 
And so like it. the one from like 67 to 70, you mean? Uh, you know, I'd have to see it, but probably. You know, don't they have one where it's like a full circle because it's Oakland and they have another one where the circles broke because it was California? Like you, you yes. go with the California one. Like the logo that they put on those green shirts that they gave away during the Seals promotion a season or two ago. You know, that logo. But do it and, in the colors that match this. Yeah, and you know what? I like like I, I think with this we'll need to we'll need to see it with full gear and on the ice and stuff, but I see now that makes me wonder, are they gonna go full white on this? Like white breezers, white pants, white skates, white gloves, white lids. That top, would, top I mean, to bottom. I, I like very much I, like Dallas did with their 1.0. Personally, I think that would look really ugly, but I think they need to do it. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, that's again. I this is another one where it's like, man, I got to see this in person. I'll tell you the jersey that I would go with if you're gonna do a like a reverse thing. Just go with that. Just make oh the God. teal and white, and make the you white know, teal, and you're fine. <laughs> can I be controversial? <laughs> Whip it out. I like the 2.0 jersey. The oh the seals thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm mm. I I don't know. I I'm I'm rolling the dice that uh people will be so uninterested in it that maybe a stripped team issue will find its way into my collection. Oh dude, time. uh yeah, order two please. Mm-hmm. Um Christine asking, why does the teal look turquoise? I think probably because it might be a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say the seals, the seals teal is a bit more aqua. Wa- uh, I was going to say watery, yeah. you know, like representing water. The, than don't the teal is. also don't discount that the fact that it's that it's next to another color that can create kind of an optical illusion. Because I know when I saw the edge jerseys. You know, two two thousand seven when they switched, and then they added orange. I'm like, why do our jerseys look green now? Mm-hmm, and a lot mm-hmm. of times it had to do with the fact that the color orange was on there, and it kind of threw threw my you know my peepers out of whack. Sure. Uh, so any hoodles for those of you interested, uh, the Sharks will be whipping these out six times this year, but only um, only four times at SAP. Sad. But you can see him for the first time on Black Friday versus the Kings. And then December 7th, December 9th, the 13th, the 27th, and the 29th. So basically what I'm saying is is if you hate him, well, once the calendar flips to 2023, you never have to see him again, so you're fine. Huge. I would like to see more of an effort, though, that when one team wears their retros, the other team wears theirs as well. But I, I agree. So leave that schedule up for a second. Sure. I do I what you just said I agree with that and I and that's what we when when 1.0 was like getting ready to be dropped that's what we were told was that and I believe I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth so correct me if I'm wrong but I believe when you spoke to Jonathan Becker mm-hmm. about 1.0 he had mentioned that the plan was to see reverse retros face off against each other Yeah I do believe, I that believe that's the plan and then said. I don't know somebody Messed up. Here's here's the other thing, and this is really getting into the jersey minutia, so bear with me here. But when the Edmonton Oilers wore uh, in 2018-19, they wore 40 their 40th anniversary jersey. They only wore it against former Div- Smythe Division opponents. See, now I like that, and and if you go back to uh, the 25th anniversary for the Sharks. Do you remember that the 
Heritage jersey was only supposed to be worn like what four times. It was supposed to be three. They got it up to five, and <laughs> well, they wore the... and they wore they wore it against Pittsburgh, Detroit, Ottawa. It was like Columbus and so because Columbus my, and I don't remember the fifth one. But my biggest complaint when they rolled out the schedule for the twenty fifth jersey was I go wait a minute they're playing they're whipping out their heritage jersey and I'm like two of the three teams that they're playing in these didn't exist when the Sharks wore these like how stupid is that and then it seemed like after some fan outcry all of a sudden it's like yeah we might need to add Detroit to this list just because of the the feels and the memories of '94 like somebody fucked up somewhere but at well, least and, they did get it right eventually and so you know what obviously i was not alive in 1975 and you were very young in 1975 I so <laughs> so obviously you know i don't think this is our you know frame of reference obviously but i'd be if anybody was either alive that's listening or they're familiar with the history I would like to know, you know, maybe if the Seals had any big rivals and, you know, maybe this is kind of a far out there thing, but in, you know, 74 and 75. They did have um, a rival with winning. Right. Um, but, you know, the two the two seasons that the Seals wore this jersey, they shared a division with Boston, Buffalo and Toronto. Oh. So I think, you know, it's not the sexy pick for the Sharks. But I think if you really want to steer into the historical element of it, Hell yeah. I think I think they should be wearing the the seals inspired jersey against those three teams. Dude, I would love to. Oh well, shit. The this and the Buffalo one is white. Right, and uh, that's the problem. But I think you uh, know, and and Toronto how many game games would be fun? And how many games are they wearing this? You said it's six, correct? Six. Okay, so why not? So why not do Toronto, Buffalo, and Boston? You only you only play them twice each, so well, you could do it. It's, it's you could six, do it right there. You could but, do all six right there. Yeah, it's six, but they do it against Vancouver twice. Who wrote that down? Right. But what I'm <laughs> what I'm saying is, so you know, it's Boston, Buffalo, Toronto. The you play each team twice. That's six right there. So mm. you could do that. Or if you want to spread it out a little bit more, you could do it once each against those three teams. And then, you know, if you want to do the easy one, you could do Vegas, L.A., and Anaheim, and then call it a day. Yeah. Oh, and let's also point out the uh, the insane silliness of everything surrounding this. The fact that, first off, Fanatics, if you'll remember, leaked 20 of the 32 designs like two months ago. Mm-hmm. So that kind of uh, put that fire out. But then... They have 24 hours of building hype, right, on the 19th. They're they're putting out teaser videos throughout the day and blah, blah, blah. And then the whole thing, oh, tomorrow morning, you know, 8 o'clock Pacific, you know, they, they do the whole full release. And then you go, to, you, you're all ass on fire, right? Like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. You go to NHL Shop or Fanatics, they don't have anything for sale. Everything is fucking pre-order. And it's not even on the Fanatics site. Like, all the pre-orders were on the team sites that aren't that mostly aren't run by fanatics how how do you screw that up (laughs) could you imagine this is why dick's sporting goods that and i guarantee you this will happen this year like it's happened every other fucking year is that when whoever wins the world series in a in, in a week and a half from now or whenever it is that the night that that game that whoever is crowned champion 
they will literally be able to drive to their nearest dicks and buy the championship shirt that the players were just wearing on their TV 20 minutes earlier. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yet this, they build up all this hype. They knew it was coming, and it's here's the release on October 20th. Great, when can we get one? Like t- today? N- no, you have to wait a month. They'll be out on the 15th of November. Well, dude, we knew about we we knew about Reverse Retro 2.0 12 months ago. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I I get that, but just the fact that you finally re- do all of this release, you put it out to the public. Here's all the designs. Aren't these amazing? Yes, I want a hat and a shirt and a jersey. Oh well, sorry, you got to wait a month for that. No, no but then but why the hell did you tell me? No, but that's my point. We knew about it 12 months ago. Yeah, why did it why did it not drop on day 1? Exactly. Just it's dumbest business marketing ever. Um let's move on cuz I could talk about that all day. Seattle. Um I mean, you you really you didn't have a 1.0, so there was nowhere to go but up. I got to tell you, I I really like this jersey. Okay. <laughs> like I don't think it's horrible. No, I like it too. Like, I, I would buy this instead of their current jersey. I and I support. I'm with you on that 100. percent Here's my complaint. Why? And again, don't get it sideways. I like the jersey, but why is this not the Kraken color scheme on a Seattle Metropolitans jersey? And yep. now, yes, this jersey, it's partially inspired from the Seattle Metropolitans. I understand that. But if you look at the Seattle Metropolitans, that shit was basically a candy cane on a jersey. <laughs> you right. Yeah, so doing, yeah, dude, yeah, it's, it's a missed opportunity. But I still love the, the Kraken S uh, description on this. Sophomore season, the Kraken highlight the team's sea green color in the body of the jersey. Below it, the S crest is submerged in the navy striped sea, where the Kraken's red eye peaks just above the surface. Again, I I, I don't know why, but I dig this. And I again, oh, I dig it too. Uh, again, don't get it sideways. I dig this. Yeah, but I and I but I like it. This needs to become their like third jersey after this. Yeah, so, I support it, anyway. and especially because again, like we talked about. This is a jersey where they've made one of their secondary colors the primary color. Mm, yeah, I do. Again, though, I do think it's kind of a miss. Like, it would have been really cool if they would have come up with like a new secondary logo for the shoulders. Yeah. Or, uh, and again, like, okay, this is going to be, this is so, this is so out there. So, like, bear with me. So, are you familiar with the Seattle Metropolitan's logo? How it's the, you know, it's the it's the letter S, and then it's written Seattle is written in the S. Yeah, and it, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So okay, Ver- so kind I've of got, vertically, right? Yeah. So yeah. I've got two suggestions for you. Number one, that logo in the Kraken color scheme, or that concept, but instead of saying an S that says Seattle, it's a K that says Kraken. Interesting. Yeah, I'd co-sign that. Uh, super chat. Thank you, Skyler. Skyler, shout out. Skyler, following teams played the Seals. Original six teams, Kings, Flyers, Pens, Blues, Canucks, Sabres. Sharks will play a few of those teams. All right. See, I think it's got to be, going back to that real quick, I think it's Boston, Buffalo, Toronto. Those are your Seals divisional opponents. I I think it's got to be those three. The the Seals' final game was against the LA Kings, so that's four. Cool. 
your other two, maybe you do Vegas and Anaheim, Vegas and Vancouver, you know, I would throw do, it dark. I would but. totally do Vegas since Vegas is, is black. Okay. And, you know, and there's the, the current history, if you will. Sure, sure. Is that an oxymoron? Did somebody say game seven? <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> when they're playing the, the Rangers this week, as soon as I heard the name Barkley Goodrow, I went, here we fucking go. <laughs> cue, cue up the clip, boys. <laughs> All right, St. Louis. A lot of people hated this, and I, I was loved it. and I was one of those people. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I loved. I this didn't. One. I didn't think it was horrible, but I was just like, I mean, they understood the assignment. Yes, it was, absolutely. Yeah, it was retro, and they reversed it, and a lot <laughs> Quite of literally, actually. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> hey, I mean, do what you do. Uh, but again, uh, I th- I think the uh, <laughs> I think they step forward. Uh, the Blues wow. honor their inaugural jersey presented in 1966, which was a prototype worn by the ownership of the club a year before the team hit the ice. The golden blue pairing is inspired by the Blues' third jersey and other vintage uniforms, including the 17 and 22 Winter Classics. Uh, dude, I I like this. I like the I love the logo. It has that just such a music vibe to it. Like mm-hmm. there's. Like I, if you look at this jersey and you replace the word St. Louis with like New Orleans or Chicago, mm-hmm. like I think it works. You know, the Chicago Blues, the New Orleans Blues. You know, places that you can go to hear good blues music. Sure. I I just dig this. That's fair. I and you know what I I think maybe what what kind of gave me some pause is when you said that it was better than their 1.0. I think it is. I, you know, I, I, I don't think that it's better, but I don't think that it's worse either. I think these guys, St. Louis, they're it's similar to Colorado, Florida, uh, Los Angeles, where they – Buffalo. They hit big on both. You know what I mean? And and personally, like I think – again, we've talked about it. I think the color yellow is one of the worst colors in the rainbow. But again, it it's works. not – they. you know how many times they've worn a jersey primarily yellow? Zero. Yeah. So That's a point for them. Yep. This crest, never been seen from before. That's a point. Yep, and I love and the single the single musical note. Yeah, it's 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 unlike anything they've ever worn before. So I I'm not ready to say that it's better than 1.0, but I can comfortably say it's as good as 1.0. It's right there. All right. See, and again, I go back to which one would I buy if given the choice? I totally get this sure. one now. Would this hit a little harder if maybe you invert the white and the yellow? Perhaps, mm, but they've they they've worn white jerseys all yeah, throughout no, I, history. I know, but it's just you know you look at Nashville, Buffalo, but like God damn, sure. there's a lot of yellow in the league. But anyway, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but I, again, I I think they did a great job. Uh, Tampa, for me, I like this was one of the 1.0 version. I'm like, holy crap, is this bland as crap? And again. Very much kind of like, wait, don't they already wear this? Um, so I think with 1.0, I think Tampa understood the assignment, but the jersey itself was ugly. There you go. I will t- co-sign that. Uh, second time around, again, I think listening Ooh. to fan outcry, this jersey features rain, sea, and lighting sublimated in full-size graphics across the jersey with lightning bolts down the side of the pants. That, oh, yeah. That's going to look cool. Pays homage to the original 97 Storm third jersey with an electric styled font. I will tell you, I love this. Me too. Uh, I absolutely dig it. The only thing that I think would make it better, hear me out, is if it didn't have the rain. 
Like if it was okay. a solid sure. white base, but you have the you know the thunderbolts on the sleeves and the water at the bottom, I think it hits even harder without the rain. I think this. <laughs> it's funny. This jersey is so ugly that it's beautiful. Okay then. Yeah, it's it's up there. This is kind of I don't know. For me, this is the 2.0 version of Anaheim's 1.0. Yeah, and I and you know Puck, I made that same point as well. Oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. See, that's that. Just embracing the silliness of the 90s. Yeah, I I support it. I love I love that. And and you know, dude, why, I mean, lean into it. Yeah, and and white is an interesting jersey choice because like obviously you wear white on the road. It's your away jersey, but. You know, it's always kind of interesting when teams choose a white alternate, but I think in this case, oh, like kicks, dude. It, yeah, it's it's. And remember that the you know, you're talking about you know you wear your whites on the road. Remember, you know the sharks are wearing their white seals four times at home, so you you know you you can negotiate with the other teams and make right. sure that worked out. Like one a couple of years ago, like Carolina did a whole trip along the West Coast and wore their their reds. Yeah, and actually what was really cool about that, which I think we need to see more of, is when Carolina played Anaheim, Carolina wore their red jersey and Anaheim wore their home jerseys that were black and orange. So we had like a the double primary kind of situation going. Oh, and I think we need to see more of that. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, let's move on to Toronto. They, they, it's going to take them maybe five, six times to get this right. Uh, is that one? See, they did such a bad job multiple times. I don't even know if that's 1.0 or 2.0. <laughs> That's 1.0. Yeah, if you Although, say so. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Now, the, the weird thing is, is that when you look at this uh, at oh, 1.0 in this photo, you really don't notice the gray so much. Right, it looks white. Yeah, but there's a lot more gray in it. Uh, so 2.0, it says, honoring their 61-62 Stanley Cup winning uniform, the Maple Leafs crest is recreated with vintage single needle stitching a new narrow shoulder yoke with pointed seam construction was specifically created to match the original sweater. I mean, I like the second one more than than the first one with the exception of I dude, I don't know. I think if you just take out the words maple leaves out of the crest, you just leave the Toronto, maybe that works or I don't know if it's just this photo, but it looks like uh that word mark on the leaf just I don't know, it looks so cartoony to me. Boring. Not a fan. I, I mean, it's. You. I mean, let's look at it. It's the same. It, it's not quite the same crest logo, but it's very similar. It's the same primary logo. It's the same stripe. Similar striping, like, you know, the jerseys that the Maple Leafs wore. I let's say early two thousands, mid two thousands, late two thousands. Boring as hell. But at least those were different. You know. Yeah, I got to tell you, you know, when it comes to the the Leafs, the only things they seem to be able to do well are like the stadium series jerseys. Yeah, those ones are really nice. Their Heritage Classic was nice. The Centennial Classic was nice. Yeah, stadium like, series. Winter Classic was going on. My question for you, let me ask you this. So the since 2019, you know, they've the Maple Leafs have worn their St. Pat's jerseys uh, every St. Patrick's Day. What yeah, are, so what are your this. thoughts? What are your thoughts on and and you know what? If you want to use this Maple Leafs jersey, whatever, I support it. But what are your thoughts on this Maple the Maple Leafs jersey with the crest and the striping and the whole deal in green and white in the St. Pat's colors? 
I, I think it'd at least be different. That I think that's that's, that's the play. That's it. That's it. If you ask me, because again, it goes back to what I said before. You have a retro jersey, retro reverse, third heritage, alternate, whatever terminology you want to use. If it's the same color as your primary jersey, why should I care? Hey, now. Um, the, the one thing I also want to say about this, uh, when it comes to the Toronto ones, first off, <laughs> let me just, this photo of 1.0, that, that is such a horrible photo just because look at the way, like it, the sleeves kind of taper down with your arms like they should, but then the waist like flares out like a dress, mm-hmm. like bad, bad look, but look where the shield is. On 1.0, and then look where it is on 2.0. Like, it's, wait a minute, wasn't that supposed to be higher in the neckline? Well, you know what else is really (laughs) weird? So, you were talking about how for all of the models, like for their jerseys, they could go a size down. I think this person here needs to go a size up. Perhaps. Uh, See, I look at this and I think, oh, they finally got one wearing the correct size. Maybe. But, all right, let's uh, move on to Vancouver, which feels like, uh, wasn't that the one we knew about the longest? (laughs) <laughs> See, was, was that the one, first leak? With 1.0, Vancouver understood the assignment. Yes, yes. They took their they took their current color scheme and they applied it to their 01 to 06 third jersey. They completely understood the assignment. Full send. And then what happened? Um, <laughs> Inspired yeah. by the Canucks 62 uniform of the former WHL, uh, the reverse retro jersey features a recreation of the 60s Johnny Canuck icon on the center crest. Matching the original jersey, player numbers appear on the left chest and right shoulder only. Front That's a numbers, little weird. Front numbers, front numbers. Yeah, they <laughs> suck. Um, you know what? I don't like this jersey. I but hate the, the design. Ins- I hate the logo. There, there's not one thing about this that I like. What about the inspiration? Don't care. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. And I, also, I like I, I did, The one thing I will appreciate it, though, about 1.0 versus 2.0 when it comes to the, the hype about this, at least they took color-accurate photos of 1.0. Mm-hmm. 2.0, there's all these hues, and it's, sometimes it's hard to get a you know an actual take on what the colors actually are, you know? Right. See, I think I like this because it's a different blue than their home jersey, which I like. The inspiration I like. Does the Abbotsford this, team already use this? Is it? Uh, I believe they use something very similar. Yeah. So that's why I was just nah. Now you you got it. And let's be honest. The design every, every, sucks for sure. Well, dude, everybody wants the skate. Yeah. Could you ima- imagine? Okay. You so, put the skate logo on this, and I'm in. Okay, I was going to say, when so talking about Frankensteining and everything, you know, the Canucks have had, they've had three very distinct color schemes, oh, don't, right? But, do not go to the Flying V, bro. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but what I was going to say is, imagine the skate jersey. I, I think the skate logo, I think you're onto something with the skate logo. Absolutely. But Im- imagine the skate logo either in the current color scheme or in that, like, navy blue, burgundy, early 2000s color scheme. Yeah, either one. I'm all in. I, I would co-sign that. Yeah. I think they got to uh, they got to bring back the skate. That To me, this was uh, Fanatics. That was that was their heritage jersey for their 50th anniversary. Yeah, dude. Canucks, Canucks uh, they took a step back. Yes, they, I'm with you on that. All right. VGK. Okay, so I mean, loved 1.0. Uh, obviously, they didn't have you know the all the history to draw upon, but what they did, I think they did a they did a, a good job. I liked 1.0 simply because, again, I don't want to say 
understood the assignment per se, but at least they came up with something uh, very different. You know, they used the least used color in their palette and made it the feature. They Which made, I love that. Yeah, they made the you know the shoulder patch the feature on the crest. That was a love great that. idea. Uh, it definitely has kind of an Excalibur vibe going on here. So well, I I thought that they did a really good job with 1.0 considering what they had to work with. Well, so here's the thing with 1.0. So I'm with you. They made the red primary, which is awesome. They made the shoulder logo the primary, which is awesome. We love the, both of those things for them. But what I what I really enjoyed, to your point, is you know Vegas, they don't have a lot of NHL history at that time and now. So what I thought, I thought that, you know, what they did, because if you look, if you go on Google and you type Las Vegas Thunder, who played in the IHL in the 90s, yep. their jerseys were, their jerseys were like a teal, yep. purple, sort of white color, but the design of their jerseys exactly like Vegas's 1.0. So I like, hey, you know what? We don't have a lot of NHL history. Let's pay homage to Las Vegas hockey history. And so I, I, I really dug that and you know, for different reasons, 1.0 understood the assignment, and these were one of my favorites. All right, uh, so let's look at 2.0. Inspired, oops, I'm sorry. Uh, the Golden Knights created a jersey whose design imagines what a Golden Knights third jersey might have looked like in 1995. Sure. Features a Vegas diagonal word mark and glitzy font inspired by vintage hotel signage on the strip. Uh, I got to tell you, if if Florida is my numero uno, this might, and, and I would say probably LA is number two for me, maybe Arizona, Th this is definitely in my top three. Really? Yeah. Like, See, I, I'm not a fan of the diagonal word marks and all that, but for some reason, this works for me because it looks, it almost, it, it reminds me of kind of like a neon sign. And then... Sure. The fact that the letters glow in the dark, mm -hmm. I mean, dude. And I love the, uh, what is it, the Stardust for yeah. the, you know, inspired logos for the number fonts. Like, I got to say, dude, I, I thought they did a really good job with this. Yeah, I you know what? I really like this jersey. I, I did kind of question, you know, what is reverse about it. Um, I mean, bro. Right. No, Dude, and you're gonna tell me that T-Mobile isn't just gonna have the lights completely out when they roll these things? Oh, they totally are, dude. Yeah. And 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 I do I do really like these jerseys, like you said. It sort of pays pays homage to the lore surrounding Las Vegas, the city, which I I like. I do really like these jerseys. I personally think I like 1.0 better, only because 1.0 1.0 was a reverse of something. And it was also took inspiration from something related to hockey. Oh, where this. Okay. So uh, I get what you're saying. So this is yep. what I'm saying is that as a reverse retro doesn't fulfill the assignment mm -hmm. as an alternate, like a brand new alternate Love slays. It. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Christine saying smart design. They can sell it to the rando tourists who want Vegas souvenirs. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude. Absolutely. So but I got to tell you. Uh, that that glow in the dark thing. I'm like you, motherfuckers. You guys just hey. Keep have they have they released their schedule? Um, or when they're gonna wear it? I can I can uh, dive into the depths here and see because it's like, what are you gonna be buying some tickies? 
Well, you know, so the the sharks are going to be here. I got in, you. Sharks are going to be here in November, and I believe they're going to be here in March. Yeah, but they aren't wearing February. it. They're not wearing it versus the sharks. They are actually going to roll these out in eight games this season. Hmm. Uh, but and and oddly enough, like I pointed out early, the sharks are wearing them in six, but only four times at home. Vegas is wearing these eight times at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canucks, Flyers, Islanders, Preds, Kings, Oilers, Stars, Capitals. So they're also not playing the same team twice in any of these. Interesting. Ah, and and dude, I I got to be honest, I'd be shocked if they because we already saw that they announced that the Golds are going to be their new primaries, correct? And that the old Charcoals are going to be their thirds, dude. I give I next year, I guarantee you, Charcoals are going by this will be the next third well and i think you could make the argument similar to uh carolina where this almost feels like a backdoor way into introducing a permanent third jersey yep exactly that uh one more thing though i want to point out this is something that i only saw with vegas uh at least on social media this is the thing that of course bums me out the uh advertising patch because of that V, and we already saw that the advertising patch has always been in the upper right, but now that V gets in the way, so they had to move it up to the shoulder. And I got to tell you, if we have to have an advertisement, I like it better there on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have your secondary logo on one, put the ad on the other side, done and done. Like if you yeah, have and, to and, do it. You know, and they, and they beta tested that during the World Cup of Hockey, and you didn't really hear any outcry whatsoever. Dude, remember my jersey? I went out and got a goddamn SAP patch to put on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want it to be uh, authentic. All right. Capitals. Uh, Fail. Well, no. I, <laughs> dude, to me, it's like, uh, it's like let's, uh, let's copy the last jersey, um, but let's do it on a black and white printer. Yeah, so you know what? So they're 1.0. The they understood the assignment obviously because beautiful design they did it in the modern color scheme I love it I support yep. it but again it goes back to what I said before your jersey is the same color as your home jersey what are you doing that's really my only complaint with one well, I mean but with- to me it's like they just took the old the, or the you know let's take the reverse retro jersey put it in the nineties colors call it a day. Well, and here's the thing. So obviously, the Capitals 2.0. I love that jersey. That's an awesome jersey, and it is a retro jersey. But you know, I guess it's kind of reversed. I mean, the inspiration was the blue with the black and brown sort of accents. So I guess on that level, it is reverse and retro. But to your point, it's the same as 1.0 in a different color. Yeah. To me, this just again smacks of starter fashion series. Sure. Uh, but it says, you know, Screaming Eagle makes a comeback again uh, against an all-black colorway in the new Capitals, New Jersey. Asymmetrical striping, unconventional font, new blue and copper colors were influenced by the 05 uniform. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like bottom five. Piss off. Offended. Oh, dude, so offended. All right, Winnipeg. Um, I got to, you know, the, the first go-around – Seem to offend a lot of people. <laughs> it's you know their 1.0 was like it, it, this is gonna sound weird. The jersey itself was ugly. It's very ugly. Well, I think if okay. you flip the blue and the gray, it's actually really nice. It's not. Yeah. Okay. Here, I it's it's hard for me to explain. It's not a bad jersey, but it's just it's just very weird. It's very. 
basic. You know what I mean? It's very Columbus to me. Sure, that's fair. So, did they take a step forward to me? Hell yeah. It's a, uh, well, yes, generally speaking, it is a step forward. Uh, it's a step forward because the this first, jersey is... Because there was such a small step to take to go forward? Exactly. You know, <laughs> this this one, just the, just the fact that it's not primarily gray is a step forward. They use the original Winnipeg Jets logo, which I love so much that they whipped that one out. But a lot and... of people upset that the, that the jet is blue and not red. Oh, wah. <laughs> like, honestly, like, it's, you know, it, it's... Are you just looking at this? You can tell this is the uh, 1990 to 1996 Winnipeg Jets jersey with no red in it. Mm-hmm. And I and I dig it, you know. And if they want to, if they want to get wild and wear red pants, I support it. Well, dude, in this, I mean, Winnipeg known for that that whiteout shit. Hell yeah, but dude! I I love that. I think this is to me like it's a it's a step forward. Like I don't I'm not forward, I don't 100%. hate the first jersey. Me neither. Uh, it's just it's just it's just basic yeah uh, but I, I like the second one and it says the Jets ditched the red in their new jersey highlighting royal blue featuring a bright white color base 22 reverse retro jersey design was prompted by the 90 jersey the inaugural year of the uniform worn by T. Mussolini when he broke the rookie goal scoring record in 92-93 so there you have it um, that's all of them again so when you see them all together on one palette, uh, you know, I'm thinking like just based on creativity. Um, uh, and, I mean, you could probably get into the comparison of, you know, 1.0 to 2.0. But if you're like, okay, I can only pick up five of these. For me, it's, you know, Florida is definitely number one for me. Or you're, I'm, I'll just give you my five in no particular order. Sure. But Florida is definitely going in my bag, uh, or add to cart, if you will. Um, God, I, I hate this. You know, I hate to say it, but that fucking Vegas jersey. Yeah. I just love the nod to old old time Vegas. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to throw that Tampa Bay in there. Add to cart. Um. I think this is going to blow your mind, but I might have to throw that blues one add to cart. <laughs> and uh, finally, God, you know what? I'm having a, a hard time deciding between Robo Penguin and the Kings, but you know what? I'm putting Robo Penguin in the cart because in my mind, during 1.0, I added the Kings to cart back then. I hear that. What, what? How about you? Uh, it's mean, hard to you're, say. You're, because you're it, obviously going Florida. Florida for sure. I'm just trying. I'm trying to look at it like in the in the you know the like the little groupings therein. You know, Florida. Okay, I want to. I just want to say as an aside, I will be getting a Sharks one, but I'm not counting it in my top five because that's obvious. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'm gonna. I will probably get a Sharks one if I get. MIC because that's the only way I'm getting that's fair. one of these. That's fair. So Florida, obviously. Arizona, obviously. Um, so yeah, yeah. Again, I'm, I the only reason why I didn't choose it is because in my mind I already got the purple one hanging in my closet. That's fair. I'm gonna say 
Florida, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Vegas, Dallas. So that's Tampa? my that's my five. Tampa's an honorable mention. Buffalo's an honorable mention. LA's an honorable shit, man. Five times. Dude, I gotta say Boston's kind of an honorable for one for me. God damn it, dude. Why is my honorable mention mint list as long as the actual <laughs> list? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like the only way you can get around it is like if you actually do it in batches. Like the batch of four in the upper left, taking Florida. Bat- yep. Batch of four in the middle, I'm taking Tampa. Yep. Batch of four or the batch of three in the upper right, I'm going uh, Pooh Bear. But you're going th- Buffalo, right? I think. See, my my gut says Buffalo, but I think I could be sweet talked into Anaheim. All right. Uh, left middle. See that, <laughs> dude. I'm right Arizona there. Arizona for me. Yeah, and I'm right there between Arizona and St. Louis. Going. God damn it! Like if if 1.0 doesn't exist, yeah, I'm totally going Phoenix. Sure. Uh, uh, get back to me on that. Uh, in the middle one, so is the Sharks part of the center group or part of the right group? I think they're part of the right. Okay, so in that middle batch, oh, dude, it's cracking all day. I was gonna say in the middle, I think I'm flipping a coin between Seattle and Dallas. All right, and then the batch to the right, uh, sharks, sh- sharks, ju- but only by like you know lesser of all evils. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, bottom left, uh, d- New York all day, Rangers. Ugh, you know what? Can I take both Dallas and Seattle and take nothing from that group? <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, dude, middle group, uh, Vegas, but it's got to be Pittsburgh for me. I was going to say, dude, that's a coin tosser. But... And all the all the OG TTG listeners are going to hear me pick Pittsburgh and then die because. Oh, know, yeah. Whatever. And then finally, uh, L.A. all day. Oh, dude, L.A. in my sleep. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's it. I mean, that was essentially a separate show that we should probably cut into its own thing. Probably. I mean, this was like the Pugnologists. Takeover, reverse, retro, some shit. Yeah, it was like Pugnologists, Jersey, Jargon, After Dark something yeah we hope you're still hanging with us <laughs> yeah i mean what do we stick taps to the ones that you uh that you oh oh i like that fuck mary kill that's a good one the internet says 50 <laughs> the internet says 52 live viewers and we're at almost three hours <sighs> stick taps to you all for hanging out with us uh let, let's get you out of here let's try to finish this up in the uh, final seven minutes we have Oh, boy. The Sharks start a six-game homestand this Tuesday, starting against the Golden Knights. This is an ESPN game, by the way, so uh, take with that what you will. Golden Knights currently 4-2. and two. <clears throat> Hate to see that. Followed by the Maple Leafs, who, as we've clearly illustrated, don't know how to do reverse retro jerseys. Uh, that mm-hmm. also includes a recent loss to Arizona that Dangle lost his mind about, although actually predicted. But Leafs coming into town on Thursday and then facing the Lightning next Saturday, which is a matinee game, people, just to let you know. Three and three Lightning. Remember to check out our post-game cast. Following every one of those games, we got Landy, we got Dana, we got Puck Guy, we got Mark, we got Ian, and we have no idea who's going to host next Saturday. So that should be fun to watch. You can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. Remember, of course, leave your take in the comment section of this YouTube video if you were not able to join us during the live stream. And if you got any topics that you want jerking me to, uh, you know, drone on about for three hours, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Pucknologist. Famous last words, good sir. Famous last words. I, w- I was not expecting this to be a three-hour show. Nobody so was. I 
So, so I shuffled my schedule so that dinner would be after the show. Oh, and then we went lo, three si hours. lo siento mucho. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this one's going to be, uh, we're going to be pulling the parachute on this one. And you're on the you chat. Know, uh, yeah, I got it. Cool. Um, but, uh, famous last words. You know what? I think, I think looking at the group of reverse retro 2.0s, I found myself really down, uh, on it, but then looking at everything, individually i've kind of come around on a lot of them i'm also going to be interested to see uh what changes happen between now and a couple seasons from now when adidas is no longer making you know whoever the next company is and what's uh, here's one to bake your noodle how about a uh we we keep hearing reverse retro right how about right. how about forward future series Right, yeah, I could see that, dude. Like, let's get nuts. Yeah, some of the stadium series jerseys, some of them, I, dude. Like that Toronto one that I, that I have, that white one with the blue accents. I, mm -hmm. I love. It. Again, how does Toronto do so well? Like the Centennial Classic. The, like, I don't understand how they do that well. I love the uh, the white jer the Montreal one with the what was that the Centennial as well. It's got the embroidered silver. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, that one, yeah. That's like my favorite Montreal jersey. So, like, yeah, let's forward future, man. I, I want to see that. Uh, so, with that, uh, for those of you listening and watching, if you all went to the CUDA, either game or both, uh, what was your takeaway? How do you like the new building? Um, I love it. I think it's going to be cool once everything gets dialed in. Great vibe. And how great is it now that the CUDA have their own barn? Because I will say a loud group, you know, it's so great to not be in that huge cavernous SAP, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and you can literally shout across the ice and they'll, they'll hear you. Right. <laughs> so what is your take from tech CU? What do what would you, you know, what are you loving? What are you not digging so much? Is there anything that's uh, working for you? Leave it in the comment section. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that more next time around because, like I said, they do have three games between now and our next show. So with that, remember, as always, I, I need to come up with another way to say as always, uh, remember to subscribe on YouTube, follow us on social media, and if you listen to the podcast on something like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever, help us out. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a review if possible. Five stars. You know the deal. You can find the links to all our social media, podcast apps, and more in the show notes included. And as always, oh, there I go again, find everything on tealtownusa.com. We thank you so much for watching and hanging with us throughout this three-hour excursion. But hey, you all were just juiced up because the Sharks won, right? And the Cuda one. It's been so long, I forgot they played. Dude, and the, who knows when that could happen again. So just enjoy it while it's here. Thanks again. Oh, did I lose it? I might have. Uh, we'll see you here next Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Good night, everybody. Oh, where is it? Where is it? <laughs>